and girls, they, them, zeezers, welcome to the Top Shelf Sessions podcast. We're excited to have you. Welcome back, and for those who are new, glad to have you as well. My boy Rob is going to be coming on, also known as Strub the Pigeon. Oh, hello, hello, hello. I hope everyone is well and splendid. Uh, By the way, I'm Rob. Uh, A.K.A. Stroob the Pigeon, and of course, those who don't know, and if you don't know, you are living under a rock, my main man, Donald, of uh, just everything, the king amongst like, kings. The something or another, that's... <laughs> so, uh... Excited to be back. Yeah, I'm excited. It's been a, it's been a month and a half or so since we last, uh, since we posted our first podcast, um shop life has been insane and busier than ever obviously yeah i'm just genuinely happy to be back oh yeah this is uh this is our first uh video podcast so we are trying this out seeing how things are gonna go um thank you all very much for tuning in uh Rob, this is a big moment for us, I feel like. I'm I'm pretty stoked about it. I am extremely nervous, but also very excited. Uh, this is a culmination of my understanding of internet and tech and streaming live on Twitch and things for the last few years and uh, just using it for a different version. We're now on YouTube. Um, sorry, I'm trying to get our chat up via my phone. So excuse me, there... There's no technical difficulties or anything. I'm just trying to figure this out the best way possible. There we go. And this is kind of a learning as we go. That is correct. So, how's your how's been the last month for you? It's been good, man. We're getting ready for a new location. Uh, I am single now, so that's a new life update. Thank whatever non-existent god there is. Oh, we're going to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but all in all, we're doing well. We're looking at uh, another location in Vermilion here, so we're stoked about that. And uh, a couple more projects on the horizon regarding uh, the stores and flames. So uh, yeah, we're pretty stoked, happy to be here. And and that's a great segue to our sponsor, Flame Spacco and Vapor, uh, in South Dakota and Iowa. Make sure to stop in at one of our locations in Vermilion, Yankton, Sioux City, or Lamar's, Iowa. Exactly right. You can pick up phenomenal products. I'm not going to name drop any brands right now for legal reasons, but... Uh, Loon. Always Loon. Loon. Shout out, Loon. We will... I don't care. They can sue the shit out of me. I'd be be (laughs) surprised. That would make family reunions real awkward. Oh, yeah. We'll just be standing there staring at him like, what the fuck, bro? Like, we're putting your shit on, homie. What are you doing? Yeah, for free. We... Like, (laughs) I don't want to be associated with you. (laughs) Oh, fuck. I wouldn't want to associate with me neither. 
I like associating with you specifically. But, yeah, but you're a degenerate. Uh, <laughs> reformed degenerates are reformed, as is the the Flames lifestyle. Um, little backstory. Uh, if you haven't listened to our podcast before, uh, only there's one episode. Um, we are Rob and Donald. Uh, we are managers of Smoke, Vapor, and uh, Subculture Alternative Culture Products. Um and we decided to do this because me and him have contradicting beliefs on a lot of subjects. Uh, I wouldn't even necessarily deem them beliefs, but ideas, mm-hmm. um, it, because they're ever evolving and ever changing. That's interesting you say that. I was just about to say I'm not married to any of my ideas, and that's a, a trait that I think is, is good to have. And I'm not not uh, talking up myself about this, but just as a general matter, if I think something and I find that thing that I think to be wrong, you know, provably wrong, I'll change my opinion. You know, it's, I would rather, you know, it, I would rather learn than say, quote, be right. Yeah, uh, correct. Yeah. 100%. Speaking of learning, uh, the topic today is morality. Morality and more, and, uh. Morality and death. Yeah. And kind of the interplay between the two. Yeah. And I'm, I'm absolutely stoked about this. So I have a, speaking of a, a non-existent God, I, I do believe in God. So amen. To and I don't. Do. Gang, gang. <laughs> um, an interesting question about morality and respect to God. How can God be all-knowing, all-moral, and all-powerful? So omniscient, all-moral, and all-powerful. To be those three things at the same time, there's certain events throughout human history that one would think if you had the power to change them, you would. And so that's a, just an interesting uh, jumping-off point, you know, as far as, say, the Holocaust. If God knew that it happened. Oh, really? The, the initial <laughs> subject? <laughs> ah! Yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, the best, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, wow, years, awesome. years. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Rob is Jewish, yeah, for those that didn't know, so that... <laughs> So that, that that's, obviously, the, from Donald's point of view, we have to go through one of the most <laughs> fucking horrendous things that's ever happened to the pe- my people. It's cool. It's not like I'm not dealing with it still today. <laughs> yep, no comment. <laughs> yeah, as smoke flies out of a vape. <laughs> Trauma-inducing motherfucker. <laughs> but say, you know, the... Um, not to get too far off of the subject of morality, but, uh, you know, if God had the power to stop it and knew it was going to happen and is all just and good, then one would think that he would stop the Holocaust. And I think my kind of rationalization for it is that I, I think the, the good Lord kind of intervenes at times, but not really. It's almost like an ant farm, a kid with an ant farm. You know, it, they yeah. watch through the glass. Um, I've described God that way very a lot of times with a magnifying the, glass and an ant farm. See, the magnifying glass part, I... I, I wouldn't say that necessarily, but um, <laughs> it, I, I digress. I don't want to get too far uh, off of morality. But, Rob, where do you think morality comes from? What do you think it is? Uh, I think morality comes from a nurture perspective of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an initial stabilizing foundation that we deal with as people. Um, different cultures have different moralities, different um, sex of people, uh, different genders, different... Um, I'll give you three genders. <laughs> we're not doing it yet. People I've got you, don't worry. That's another episode. And uh, just, I love everybody, just so we know that yeah. for a fact. He's, uh, anyways, I will get into that another day. Um, <laughs> but um, I think it, it, it stems from 
self-reflection and initially it starts with what our parents taught us or whoever raised us, right? Mm-hmm. May it be the court systems, may it be foster care, may it be our grandparents, a family member, a friend. It's whoever raised us is where our foundation for that lies, right? Um, for you, you have your parents, your sister, your book of um, whatever morality standings that you guys have. And I believe a lot of people in the United States uh have that book as a jumping off point right Mm -hmm. um me specifically my morality comes from just don't be a fucking asshole so bad it like ruins somebody's life which i think is a fairly good uh, yeah fairly good principle to have yeah (laughs) it's like cool like i like whatever believe in a book like it doesn't affect me like you believe in a god has no correlation on how i live my life and how i choose to be moral Right. Yeah. Um, I, I believe a lot of people are, quote unquote, morale, like morality driven because they're afraid of something. Mm-hmm. And that that fear is damnation or the the goal of a reward. Yeah, like I mean, heaven. heaven uh, hell, yeah. 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 Heaven and hell, man. The duality of life, the the yin and the yang, the you know, mm-hmm. um, and I ultimately for me, my morality is just I don't want to fuck somebody else up like I've been fucked up. And that's interesting. So personal experience and being done wrong yourself has kind of led you to. Well, so when a human being knows how to hurt, knows how they hurt themselves, they now know how to hurt others. Yeah. And you know that you've been hurt yourself. You've experienced that. And based on those hurts, you don't wish to inflict that on. Or just just being a person in this in a situation, either as a bystander, a victim or the person causing the harm. Um, Okay. Uh, the, the, I have a past life where I was not a very good person. I yeah. was very, not even selfish. I couldn't even claim, because everything I wanted was death and to feel pain and feel something, you know? Um, feeling pain was better than the absence of feeling. Yeah, and because I was tired of feeling like I just didn't want to exist anymore, mm-hmm. right? So most of my life I, I've struggled with depression, anxiety, um, opulent defiant disorder, OCPD. I have an array of clinical diag- diagnoses, diagnosi, whatever. Um, I'm not a. F- the brain's a little rickety. Yeah, it's a it's a little creaky up here some days. <laughs> yeah, mine's full of holes, fam. Yeah, ecstasy. <laughs> yeah, ah. a lot of fucking drugs. That's coming um, from a Catholic dude too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not your t- I'm not your typical Catholic or Christian for those that are here. Uh, I, I believe you guy. are. Are you sure? I would believe with most of my experiences with Christian or like Judeo-Christian beliefs, you are more along the lines of what I would deem as a, a standard Christian. But I've also been in the subculture my whole fucking yeah, life. Bro, bro, <laughs> so, most, most standard Christians don't go to sex parties. I don't anymore, but. I would say they do, but just most people don't know about them like we do. Well, I mean, I guess when they get invited to the priest's house. Yeah. <laughs> or they get invited, or they get invited to Kevin and Carol down the streets uh, key exchange party in the seventies. Uh, that's true. Key, Swingers exist. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. But yeah, my morality it comes from watching other people get hurt, myself hurt, get hurt, and me hurting other people, and seeing how that's affected them and affected myself. That's what I've reestablished my moralities in life. Right. Mm-hmm. My moralities have never been. Have always been don't rape, don't kill, and like that's really it. Like that, that was the basis of my moralities. As long as I don't rape anybody and I don't kill anybody, 
I'm not that bad of a guy, right? And that was kind of the basis. Like, I stole. Like, I didn't give a shit about stealing because okay. I stole from, like, corporate people. I stole from poor people. I stole from my drug dealer. I stole from my parents. Like, I needed mine, right? Like, but it was just because I needed to feel something, not because I felt like I was more important than somebody else. You know what I, there's that weird, like, no, that self-deprecation aspect. Well, I mean, your line in the dirt was, you know, the worst of the worst are these two things being rape and murder. And as long as I don't cross that particular line, it's not so bad. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I can see at least, you know, kind of where you're coming from there. Uh, as far as morality, I think it's going to be helpful to read the dictionary definition just to, here's what Webster Webster's says. dictionary, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> see what Webster <laughs> says. So principles concerning the distinction between right and wrong or good and bad behavior. So something I find interesting about that, it uh, specifically is speaking on behavior, right? And how we act in the world. I don't think we actually act with, as a set of facts, right? We can use facts to act in the world, but acting in the world is different than, say, belief in something or the facts about the world. Yeah. Um, you know, and as far as where my morality comes from, and I actually think partly yours as well, I think we were raised in a Judeo-Christian society that underpins us with these certain morals. Now, the reason yes. that I say that is that the idea of, say, you know, uh, don't rape, don't murder, don't kill. I, I don't think that we can know from a, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't think we can know from a, um, I'm forgetting the term currently, but uh, we can't know that kind of from first principles. I, I don't think that we can know that without seeing how it affects someone in the world. Um, another interesting point to jump off of is, is slavery. Why is slavery wrong, right? I, I would say that slavery is only wrong if morality comes from a place that supersedes the authority of humans, being that throughout human history it was your group versus my group, and if one group, say, enslaved the other, damaged the other, oppressed the other, which, as we know, is the kind of the line of human history, if that happens, you know, it seems to me that if morals don't come from a place that are above human beings, it's actually not wrong for one group to, say, have victory, right, quote, victory mm -hmm. in, in terms of oppression, slavery, whatever it happens to be, over another group. It's just tough luck for that particular group. The only time that these actions are legitimately wrong is if we believe that the individual person is a sovereign thing and a sacred thing as well. And the thing isn't yeah. even the right word. But if the individual is not sovereign and should be treated as such... I don't think we actually have a jumping off place for morality of any kind. It's just whatever. So what about, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting mine, getting my groups, that's what matters. So not necessarily. So pre-Judeo-Christian. Pre well, I would say you yeah. could also, you could lump it in with, uh, I mean, Greek mythology, right? If you are a hero, say, or you do well in life, you can end up going to the Isles of the Blessed. Yeah. You know, and if you don't, right, you end up going down, I forget the name, is it the River Hades, Styx? yeah, River Styx to Hades, yeah. You know, you'd be in essentially... If not torment, uh, you'd be in an unpleasant place if you didn't act properly. And I think that human beings essentially see that through story, and they, they act it out in the world, and it's essentially a drama. And we've interpreted that in stories like the Bible, the Quran, the Torah. And uh, What about know. predated text? Paganism? Well, I mean, Nordic belief well, as systems. An, as an example of uh, things that Christianity the old gods helped, are new. Yeah. So something Christianity helped stop was infanticide in pagan communities. Yeah. You know, we viewed that as wrong because the individual is sovereign, and in say a religious belief system where the individual is not viewed as sovereign, then all these things, say rape, murder, slavery, infanticide, they're not wrong. Yeah. You know, and and I do believe that because we have a foundation 
of, and it could have been from a different religion as well, but uh, yeah. from Judeo-Christian principles saying the individual is sovereign and made in the image of God, of something higher that supersedes the moral authority of humans, because of that, we can sit here and say it's wrong to rape, it's wrong to kill. But it's what wrong about to Buddhism enslave. before Judeo-Christian? Well, I mean, I would Tao, say Tao, Hindu. I mean, I, to be honest, I, I don't really know enough about Taoism or even Buddhism. To I, I I just know they're older and their text agrees. Like, um, all along the lines of you should not. Satanism even believes it too. Like, you don't put Satanism has some excellent principles. For oh, those that don't know phenomenal. They, they, principles. Really, they really do. It's, uh, so, like, I w- I am not. A Satanist, I I agree with a lot of the principles and the lifestyles they choose. I'm not uh, the the buck, you know, like whatever, blah blah. blah. Um, well, they're essentially they use Satan as a as an image. Yeah, they don't they, believe they, that he's yeah. necessarily a care. Some do, some don't. Leviathan. Leviathan. That's a creature, but Levain. It's the guy who wrote the Satanic Bible, one of the Satanic Bibles. Um believe one thing another believe another group right but that you don't put harm on the creatures any creepy crawly thing that flies or things that walk or things that swim it mentions like all like life on earth right and if you do if you take that it's life everything before judeo-christian has this belief right mm-hmm. in that sense like you don't want to kill something because you end its existence on this earthly plane that we deal with, right? Mm-hmm. This dimension that we are currently on, mm-hmm. your existence stops, whatever, right? God, that's good. Sorry, uh, right, <laughs> uh, Ven- venison uh, ring bologna on the table here. That side note, we need to get a coffee pot down here so I don't, wouldn't have to go upstairs to get coffee. That's uh, that's another episode. Yeah, we'll get a fucking Keurig right here. Yeah. Just. <laughs> it's like the one that Mr. Flames couldn't get to work. Yeah, fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Shout out, Mr. Flames. Thanks for being a, a great sponsor, and fuck you for holding Brian this long. Um, <laughs> we, we were supposed to do this at 6. It is now uh, 9.47. 9.47. This is Flames Life. This is If you ever wonder like how great it is to work for this company, it's phenomenal, but your time is, is not—the time does not exist. No, Time's not even a social construct in our life, right? It's a, it's a thing to be like, oh, this is— Let's roughly meet around this part of the day, not this part of the day, right? Yeah, that's all I'll it be is. There in the afternoon. Yeah, twelve-hour <laughs> intervals is all you get with this company. Like, ah, uh, I'll be there at this time. It's four hours later shows up. Five hours later, right? So once again, I apologize for that. I know I advertise on social media saying six to six thirty. Um, As did I. Shouts out to anyone who is tuning in and has been patient with us. We appreciate you. Right. Oh, uh, sorry. I'm just. It's okay. I'm doing. I'm doing. Um, uh, advertising because people are responding, asking when we're going live because it's three. It's three hours and fifteen minutes later. So I was like, I'm live now. Come visit. Um, we're happy to have you. Yep. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, but yeah. So, but the reason we just wanted to, to uh, talk about morality is because of mortality is ultimately too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so my grandma has been with cancer for six and a half years. Um, Donald's going through some personal stuff right now. Um, so I figured it was a good time. So my grandma's, and she went home with hospice, right? So the last couple months she's been home with hospice. They said she had seven to 10 days. It's now two months later. 
That old hag is still kicking. She's a fucking fighter. Man. She's not even trying to fight. That's the thing. She's just like, nah, fuck it. I'm I'm good to go, it's homie. In her bones, man. Yeah, she's it's like, peace That's out. A tough old bird. Yeah, she is tough. What and she fought cancer six and a half years, and she's like, I'm kind of sick of fighting. I'm sick of falling down and being sick, and then like going through chemo and then falling and all this shit. Right, and I, it's sad to talk about, but. That's why I wanted to talk about this, right? Yeah. So, like, people have, are like, have been like, I'm so, you specifically have been beyond understanding of my everything with going on with this. But that's why I wanted to talk about that on this episode is like, my morality says, like, most of our morality is somebody's dying. Feel bad, feel sad, right? Mm-hmm. I am elated that she's ready to go. I'm so happy that she's ready to be done yeah. because she's ready. It's her life, her, she's lived 70-some years, she's good to go. Like, she's like... She's checked the boxes, I, Yeah, the she's like, I've done all this, Hollis, let's go. She's like, peace out. She... <laughs> and, yeah, Hollis, let's go. <laughs> but I'm very in good spirits. Yeah. Um, Because I'm so ready for her to be done being sick. Done I'm suffering. sick of the phone calls from my dramatic-ass mother. Like, oh, grandma's dead. And I'm like, no, she's not. I was just there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just left 10 minutes ago. She's not dead. (laughs) Oh, she's going to die tomorrow. No, she's not. That bitch is literally cracking jokes, smoking cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) That's, I respect it, man. Yeah, she's a hard bitch, dude. I love that old hag. Um, But yeah, so that's why, and because of your personal situation, it's, it deems morality stuff, right? It does. And for those that don't know, I've recently got sober, not California sober, but 12 steps sober, no pot, no alcohol, no drugs, any of that. Oh, drugs, mind altering. If we want to be sticklers about that, Uh, everything. Nicotine, caffeine are exceptions. Nicotine, caffeine, air, water, all mind altering chemicals, sir. Yeah, but man, acid is way different. (laughs) I don't know, man. You try breathing without air. (laughs) <laughs> you might hallucinate a little bit. You might see that guy with the pearly gate. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Eventually you'll see the guy at the pearly yeah. gate. Um, but yeah, so like he's gotten sober and so am I uh for so that he can live a life, right? Mm-hmm. And it's weird because my grandma's ending her life like her life is being ended. So that's why I kinda it's a good time, right? We're in good spirits, everything's school starting up soon, the businesses are exploring, you're growing as an individual. Uh, did you put a punch in that, or did you you biting it off? You fucking it tastes s- sweet. It's dead with tobacco, man. Psychopath. Mm. Isn't that nice? It is so sweet. For a, I thought leather rose was a little bit more savory. Oh, probably on the smoke. Um, but yeah. Um, so it's it's a, a combination of both, right? And so. Donald coming from a religious background, I I wouldn't say my family was religious by any means. Um, but they did believe in a higher power and a God and they were technically Methodists, um, on my mother's side. My father's where the Judaism comes from or Jewish, whatever the fuck it is. Um, but yeah, so I think it's, it's cool to talk about things like this because it's, we're in good spirits about it, right? Like you're happy, you're clean and sober. I'm happy, you're clean and sober. I'm grandma's doing her thing, you know? hundred percent. And we're just, this is morality, right? So, like, this makes you sit and take a look at, are, am I living my life right? Like, am I doing the things that I want to do? Am I am I building a community around myself that is something that I would be proud of or my family members would be proud of, right? 100%. And I don't live by my family's determination, but I want them passing knowing that I'm doing good in the world. Oh, right? Exactly right. You know, and 
So kind of back to the, the morality question. You know, what does it mean to live a moral life? I, well, I'll speak from a place of self, at least. So treating yourself like you're someone responsible for helping, I think, is a very good place to start as far as living a moral life with respect to yourself. Not, not even other people. I'm speaking completely about how I'm personally trying to live a moral life in respect to myself and really the best version of myself. Right? Because I can live, you know, I can be, say, on a surface level generous and kind and understanding, but if I'm getting loaded all the damn time, it, you can only go so deep when you're doing those sorts of things. And maybe some people are, aren't like that, but I know for me, you know, if I'm getting loaded all the time, I, I can't be as, I can't be the person that I need to be. I can't feel the things I need to feel. I can't respond to you in a way that, that is as genuine as it should be. You know, say in, as an example, you know, if grandma passes, right? If I'm, you know, stoned out of my gourd, nothing wrong with pot, but me personally, if I'm stoned out of my gourd, I can't absorb that in and then bounce back with something that is as deserving as it should be in terms of a response. And, and that's and that's why I am completely uh, in agreement, right? So I spent six years, seven years on and off in recovery, five years straight, four years in meetings, a year on my own. I started when I was 16 and a half, almost 17 years old. So I understand the recovery lifestyle, and I understand the need to feel something sober and understand things sober. I dealt with my grandfather, my best friend, the only person I spent my whole life thinking that who gave a shit if I lived or died. I watched him die as a sober man. I was sober and that's, clean, that's and cool. I got to feel feelings that I had never felt sober or clean before, right? Um. And those feelings gave me a better self uh, understanding of self, right? Like why my brain functions the way it does. I am totally for everybody exploring every possible drug if that's what they so choose in a controlled environment and understanding the drug for what it is. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. Actually, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not your uh, typical AA member in that sense. You know, um, and I guess what is a typical AA member? I, I don't even know. There isn't one. Yeah. It's, it's just like what's normal. Life. What's what's your what's your understanding of normal, right? Well, that's that's an everybody's varies, right? Yeah, true enough. Yeah, uh, you know, it's uh, because of the experiences you're presented, your upbringing, your nature versus nurture idea set, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no doubt. Uh, there's like it. there's nature's understanding of normal, but is anything really normal in nature? Oh, I would say nature is actually probably the line of normalcy. Um, you know, as an example, uh, all mammalian species have a uh, duality when it comes to sex, male, female. But they are also asexual, or uh, they can be her hermaphroditic. No, but then, then that's yeah. a very, very small percentage of overall. But animal. that's still a part of nature, and, and that's not. No, but that's, and yeah. I would say a small percentage of hermaphrodism is normal. Yeah, I would use. Yeah, that word, yeah, it know? would. It's not. It's not the normal. I think the the issue with the uh, let's let's take a like. We were talking about things, right? So now I want to take a like a sidebar with that, right? Because your understanding of normalizing and my understanding of normalizing are probably different, right? Normalization means it's we understand it better. We 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 aren't scared by it. We understand the the so, realm. So normal and normalization aren't the same. I would say normalization yeah. is taking something that is on the fringes of a society and trying to bring it into the mainstream and it and have it accepted as common. Um, Common in the sense that it occurs, that it it is it's not a quote unquote. 
So that's 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 why we have scales and that's why we have spectrums and themes, right? Because it's nothing is black and white. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Not even black is black because there's added it. This is white, blue, green, orange, pink, periwinkle, collaborative, right? And this yeah. is the absence of all well, that. I mean, I guess there's an infinite complexity to most things, but yeah. for practical purposes, we do have to simplify things down and say instead of. But you know, that's, the that's of where colors, gray happens. You know what I mean? That's where gray happens because uh, the gray. So there's like uh, black and white. Then there's the gray, right? The outlier, the the non-standard existing, right? Standard meaning that something that doesn't occur without a guided force, a guided hand, right? So may it be your understanding of your gender, the understanding of your sexuality, the understanding mm-hmm. of finances, the understanding of uh, people's neurodivergenceness or neurotypicalness, like there's the word typical, right? Meaning it's it happens every day, and then and it happens in a very large amount. That's typical, right? That would be a typical thing to see happen, right? Somebody walking into your house would not be typical, but it would be oh, I forgot he was coming, you know, type shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then normalization is. Normal meaning that it occurs, but it's not the majority is what I believe to be normal, right? Mm -hmm. But that's also, that's something that you have to ask yourself. I think we can't really define it because what's normal for me is watching, uh, or my lifestyle, my, yeah, (laughs) tentacles, fucking Uga mommy milkers everywhere, watching TikTok 16 hours a day (laughs) with girls in cow bikinis. You know what I mean? And your TikTok's weird Irishmen making cups of coffee. I'm I'm not on TikTok. But you know what I mean. Chinese Communist Party. Well, fuck off. (laughs) Communism, baby! Oh, my God. 100 million deaths isn't enough. Oh, my God. No. No, fuck the humans. We need them all dead. (laughs) Now I sound like Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) Eco-fascism, baby. That's a god. It's so so wild that there's such a varying... But we all agree that Kyle is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All of us. (laughs) And and I love that because that man doesn't get to be wrong too often in my world, in my life. With you, he does because you've like worked with him for a lot longer than I have. But that's fair, and we we tend to agree on most things. But it, yeah, in apart most, apart from the kill all humans, bit. yeah, like I fuck them all. Like that's <laughs> his fucking idea set. But that's it's just so funny that that's we have you loving and caring, and me who's like fuck everyone, fuck everything. But like we should all listen to him. They deserve all the attention. Like yeah, my, my thing is if we if we. You know, can care. Well, you can only care so much about people, right? Like the the idea of caring. It actually, I, I do think it stems from a mother infant dyad of the nurture idea. Yeah. Right? And you can only do that. You can't scale that, right? I can't care personally, right? I can't care, Rob, about say the whole of Vermilion the way I care about you. That's too yeah. many people, and I can't do that. It's yeah. not practical. It's not even possible. I don't yeah, think. I don't. Not, think. not to legitimately do it. Um, well, there it would just be an over a sensory overload in your brain. Yeah, well, again, the, I, with the reward system that you get from like lo, like caring about somebody, because that's a reward system. Because the the facial features of seeing somebody you rec- like say you recognize me in somebody, you would receive a reward to a boost of serotonin or dopamine in your brain. Whatever I have left. Yeah. Well, there's plenty. <laughs> that's, I feel like there's more now over the last few weeks, but hey. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <sighs> well, you know, so. As far as morality goes and, and death, I think death can really be a, a motivator 
to live life. And, and I think it was Sam Harris who said this. He's a philosopher and neuroscientist. Clip this. Um, <laughs> um, but it's uh, to know that you're going to die, that you have a finite of time on this earth. And actually, no, it was um, Stephen Fry. Yep. who said this, to know you have a finite amount of time on the earth. And Richard Dawkins said something similar. Mm-hmm. But you stand up and you face reality in the face because you don't have an afterlife to look forward to, so you make the most of each day. I think I, I, think I feel the very same way, but I do believe in an afterlife. Um, knowing that we have a finite amount of time, and, and to take it a step further, knowing that, Rob, you may get hit by a semi on the way home. You know, you hope God willing. No, fuck that. <laughs> but, uh, Shout out, Mr. Flames. If I do, it's on you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, knowing that any interaction you have with someone that you care about or don't care about could be the last time, mm-hmm. you know, to me, that's motivation to leave people better than you find them and also to make the most out of your own life. You know, in regards to me getting sober, uh, you know, I, I've done a lot of great. I wouldn't say great, but I've had relative material success while being stoned all the time and, you know, using drugs and doing all this shit. Uh, You know, I've had relative material success primarily while just smoking weed. When I was doing all those drugs, it didn't help nothing. But, uh, um, you know, knowing that I need to and want to make the most out of each day and knowing for me personally, I can't do that if I'm getting loaded. It's it's an excellent motivating factor for me to say go to meetings regularly to you know read the the big book to read different religious texts and to try and soak up what I can from them in a way that is less abstractly philosophical and and more deeply personal and, you know and I think death really can be quite the motivator I mean there's a great song about that by I believe it's Tim McGraw Live Like You Were Dying yeah you know if you listen to the Kenny lyrics Chesney or Tim McGraw one of the two uh, they're both yeehaw motherfuckers <laughs> not even that the, 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 I do love me some not this country do. Uh, little country I'm gonna grab my other vape keep going uh, you know the, the song Live Like You Were Dying it, it really if you listen to the lyrics you know it's a uh, guy gets cancer and then uh, the, the kind of the chorus of the song speaks about how he lived knowing he was going to die. And, and that is, I mean, quite a, a force of motivation if used properly. You know, uh, another interesting bit, I was listening to this physician talk to Aubrey Marcus. He's a podcaster. Um, but this physician had said when he has to give someone a terminal diagnosis of cancer, he brings them in and he doesn't speak about cancer. He doesn't tell them, hey, here's what you have. He says, hey, you know, this diagnosis can change your life in such a drastically positive way. You can reach almost, eh, shouts out to Z, love you, brother. Uh, you know, when he talks with his patients who have terminal cancer, he doesn't bring up the cancer initially. He says, this diagnosis, what you're going to be going through can essentially lead you to a point of near enlightenment. And, and I would say that that's actually true. If you are aware that you need to get the most out of every moment. You you must make the most out of every moment and act in kindness towards people and act with love towards people. That doesn't mean, you know, undoingly running yourself ragged to please people. Oh, God. It, you know, knowing that you have to do the best you can to live the best life you can in all facets, knowing that you have a small amount of time. Yep. I, I can't think of much that's more powerful than that. And I believe that priorities... So, like... We talk about love and kindness, right? Um, the way that I show people that I love them and I care for them and I'm kind to them is, you know how I do it. I call them out on their shit. <laughs> I, and I, like, I tell them when they're fucking up. Yeah. And people think I'm a fucking piece of shit for it. 
Well, they're wrong. Oh, yeah, because, like, I've told you this when you got clean, and I was like, I'm never, I'm not going to let you fucking do this uh, without, if I see you fucking up, I'm going to say something, right? Yeah. I'm not just going to be like, yeah, good job. Yeah, go You're right ahead. Good. Snort that line. Yeah, you know go, I mean? go to the fucking program, forget about all your other responsibilities, or go get high in the fucking dope den. Good, good job, Donald. You got sober. That is not somebody who gives a fuck about you. Agreed. That is not somebody who wants better for you. That is, and, and you're just, when I called you out about the girl that you were seeing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, this is not okay. Like, if you, you do with a, a sense of sternness, but also a sense of understanding. And like, I'm not soft. I am the least soft person I know. I am obtuse and not arrogant, but I come off on the side of arrogance, and I'm just like, fuck you, figure it the fuck out. Well, I would say when people don't know you, maybe that's the case. But yeah. if someone knows you, I would say you don't come off as arrogant. You come yeah. off as caring in a way that actually matters. and well, Not actually, you come off caring in a way that actually is caring. Yeah, and, when it, and that's the thing is I'm such a passionate, vocal human that if I'm getting a, mean about something, quote-unquote mean or... It's because I'm filled with passion, right? I'm yeah. filled with rage about that, right? I'm like, fuck you. Like, I can't, no, I don't, I'm not going to be like, ah, I love you so much. You're going to do so good. It's, I hope you do good. And if you don't, I'm going to bust your fucking ass about it vo vocally. Yeah. I'm not going to beat the shit out of you because that's toxic as fuck. Unless you deserve it. Yeah. Unless you try to steal from me or the king. Um, yeah, oh, hey. I like that bitch that stole a $6 charger from Flames the other day. She should have just asked. I would have given her one. Yeah, I give people fucking free USB cables all the fucking time. But yeah, it was one of the ooze pens I noticed. <laughs> fucking A. I would have given her one, too. Oh, I'd have been too. like... Here you go. I'm sorry you don't have enough money for it. Take yeah. it and do something nice for someone else. Yeah, just like f come back when you got some money and buy a $200 water pipe, fucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? To be honest, I would have just said pay it, pay it forward. Yeah. You know, I'd, Quick example of that, actually, uh, uh, a customer of mine hit me up. I, I don't know him too well. Yeah. But he basically said, hey, you know, would you have a little bit extra for gas money? I, I need gas money to get to where I'm going. And sure, he could have been lying to me. I don't think he was. But yeah. I said, you know, he asked for 10 bucks, And I said, hey, here's 15. Don't pay me back. Do something good for somebody else. Yep. Pay it forward instead of back to me. It's just a paint prank, bro. And, uh, you know, <laughs> to be honest. Now we was, sound like real fucking content creators, <laughs> real influencers. It, it could have been, you know. But it, that, that example of like, hey, you know, pay it forward. You know, care when you care about people, you have to act in that way. And not to say I'm a fucking saint. I'm far the farthest thing from, really. Oh, but uh, it, it seems to me that doing good for people and, and just doing good in general at the end of the day, whoever is doing that wins, even if maybe in the short term they get screwed. Yeah. Which, I mean, kind of brings us circles back to morality. Yeah. Uh, and that that's where all this is stemming from, right? That I don't think of morality as necessarily what's good and bad. I think of morality as how you function on a day-to-day -day basis. Well, so I, let me push back on that a little bit. It's how you function on a day-to-day -day basis, but with respect to what? With good or bad action, positive or negative impact. Yeah, like do you want to have a good... It's your instinct to act a certain way, right? It's instinctual to act like either how you've been trained to act or however, right? But what define like your your definition of good may not be my definition of good that's true 
That's true. Well, or bad, even, you know, like yeah. your your new lifestyle is you're living a good life as you're not doing drugs. My definition of a good life is I'm doing drugs. Occasionally. Hopefully you're not railing eight balls all night. Not anymore. God damn it, I miss cocaine. <laughs> you know, I, to be honest, there was a time where I did miss coke, but uh, yeah. I, I, I don't miss coke. I, do. I don't miss everything that goes along with coke. I love the drug and I love. I even love the lifestyle and the time, right? It's the fast life, you yeah. Know, the fast lane. I mean, now my life's so slow comparative. It's not slow, but it's. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Bro. There's, there's less, uh, less of the. There's you know, less bumps at a bar, mean. and that turns into yeah. a three way. Yeah. You know doing I mean? or yeah, like or running into a field and doing a fucking teener with you and your buddies yeah, at a, at a concert, some, some or you know what that. I mean, and yeah. just like hanging out with your friends, right? Like and just enjoying that. And interestingly enough, I, I would say that Coke, people don't know this, but like Adderall is a harder drug than Coke, I would say. Oh, it has, well, it I would definitely agree with that. But yeah. Coke is, is such a drug that it, it lowers inhibitions enough to, if done in smaller amounts, it lowers inhibitions enough to where people can really get deep with each other and not know each other that well. And I would say part of that is synthetic, right? It's the yeah. cocaine hydrochloride. Yeah. But, but not to say there isn't any positives to it. You know, there, there certainly is, but I, I do think the negatives outweigh the positives overall. I would agree with that in a lot of ways. Um, but there's also the personality, right? There's the, the physical dependency aspect of it that's possible. And the, there's the emotional connection that you have. And then, right, like I was, I had gotten to the point where I was like, all right, cool, drinking, better get a ball, you know? I, I know what you mean. I yeah, you like mean. I'm going out for the weekend, I'm going to get a ball, you know? For me, it was get the get the ball and then I have to drink in order to enjoy it because Coke would make me anxious. And alcohol would offset that for me. Oh, no. See, Drunk Robbie is in his element, right? So the, this is what Pissing Cal... in a circle behind the shop? That's, yeah, yeah not, <laughs> not... Yeah, uh, the, the, someone else did that. Uh. Um, No, Drunk... Like, six-day-a-week bender Robbie going out to the bar every fucking night and just hanging out with his friends. Uh, that is, What you see me every single day and every time you talk to me, I'm still that guy drunk. And people are perplexed, right? They they don't understand that I can hold all of the same cognitive and behavioral functions while under the influence of chemicals. Mm. And it's because I've trained my trained myself not from constant usage, but I see a pattern and I stop that pattern in its tracks. Like anymore, if I go out to the bar, I went out last Friday, and twelve fifteen hit, and I was like, time for bed. Yeah. I looked at the crowd, everybody was rearing up for more, and I was like, I'm going to be shit-rocked in 15 minutes. I'm going to be a-fucking-nihilated. I need to go home. Yeah, yeah. I got home. Within 20 minutes of after eating my frozen lasagna, my frozen lasagna was painted on the back of my toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it was plat, and I woke up the next day, and you could see... The marinara sauce splatter from me. Uh, that's a great visual, right? Yeah, I, you're I welcome. Appreciate yeah. That. I, well, yeah, it's got it. We're we don't hold back on this. <laughs> um, but and I woke up and I was like, yeah, I do, but the sixth night a week, Robbie didn't have those nights. You know what I mean? I didn't get obliterated. I didn't get because I knew how to handle my booze better. Right? I had trained my body to uh, see the patterns and fucking stop them. 
Yeah. And, or yeah, like I, take the fuck off at a certain time or like what when somebody was ordering around a round of shots, go to the bathroom, you know? Yeah. No, I, um, I definitely hear you, man. I, I actually do something similar. You know, a, a lot of folks think if you're in the program of AA, NA, that sort of thing, you know, you just, you know, on a bender constantly. And da, 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 it's, that really isn't the case. You know, as yeah. far as drug use goes, I've definitely used a lot, but considerably less than many. Yeah, and and for me, it's really more of a what's the reasoning behind it. So I was out at the bar. This was probably a year ago, something like that, eight months ago, and uh, the town knows me because of flames, and you know it's it's often a good time down there, right? You know, you're buying drinks for people, they're buying them back. Hey, Don, what's going on? You're the flames guy, and you know you throw out babe for people just because it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you fucking fledglings, yeah, <laughs> you know. It's, um, but like I remember in walking into constantly. to this bar pub. Shout out Main Street Pub. Uh, and it was just packed, and I had anxiety up the fucking ass. So I just started slamming whiskey. You know, it felt like when I walked in the door, everybody was looking at me. That wasn't the case at all. But it felt like there was a spotlight on me, and it was me and everybody else. And so I just started slamming booze. And uh, later on that night, I split a tab of acid with a buddy and then ate some mushrooms. Like, I don't remember any of this. Uh, you know, and pissed my pants that night, too. That was a good one. Proud of you. Uh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Actually, I remember pissing. Oddly enough, I remember my, my urine going off the couch and hitting the screen of my phone. Uh, weird thing to remember, right? But, uh, you know, the reason I got so hammered, the reason I drank so much so fast, was to offset that feeling of anxiety of, oh, shit, people oh, yeah. at me. Oh, shit, you know, I don't want to be looked at. I, I want people to see this this party animal, not me. And, uh, you know, that's in large part why I'm in the program. Again, I've been in and out of the room since I was 18. Um, but that's why I'm doing it differently this time you know i'm not just trying to quit the coke and still smoke weed and drink i just i want to be sober i want to be me without substances um and, and back to the the question of morality i think in order to live a good life a person has to practice temperance yeah it has to practice putting limits on whatever it happens to be you can't be jacking off too much you can't be fucking too whoa much. You can't be using whoa too much. whoa <laughs> you leave jacking out off too much out of this <laughs> i'm very alone in lamar's <laughs> Uh, we have wonderful pocket pussies at Flames Tobacco. Yes, come and see Sally or whatever the fuck Susie. you, Susan, <laughs> Susan, whatever her name is. That's Susan, yeah, it was yeah. Susan is her name. It's a silicone sex doll. That's actually Half a sex doll. Pretty just realistic. No legs, no head, no arms. Just the important parts. Yeah, just, I don't know, the head's kind of important. True. What else are you going to bang up against a headboard? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's the neck. <laughs> 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 the fucking roommates come in. <laughs> Why does it sound like macaroni and cheese in your bedroom? <laughs> uh, shout out to whatever the fuck that rapper was that said macaroni in a pot. That's, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know who uh, Cardi B. That's Cardi yeah. B. That's some wet ass pussy, apparently. Facts. It's actually that's yeah. some wet ass badussy over here, she, Daddy. She, uh, <laughs> she, she, uh, she nailed the sound. I gotta say, she ruined pasta for me. I think it started at the Vine days for me. That guy, he's like, his mom's making macaroni and cheese. Uh, and he goes, Mom, that's what good pussy sounds like. And she was Arab. They were Muslim. And she goes, Hollis! And it's like, whacked him. <laughs> I think uh, that was the first time I ever heard the word Hollis. <laughs> so for those that don't know, Hollis means enough. It's yeah. a way, like, you'll say, you know, you've had enough of a conversation. Hollis, enough. Yeah. Know, enough. Or like, or, you know, yeah, stop. yeah, it's like, okay, okay. You know, for English speakers, it's like, okay, I get it, you know. It's it's so interesting. So the boss is from uh, Jordan area, and we've all kind of picked up Arabic curse words, uh, and, just Arabic, and uh, of Arabic terms phrases. of phrases. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's so interesting how that's been integrated into my vocabulary. Oh, mine too. Like, it's when crazy. When I get mad, I, I curse in Arabic, and it's not intentional. 
It's not like I have to think about it. Like some the way someone would say, fuck, it's Mbeck fucking, you know? Yeah, I say Hollis like it's my favorite word. Because being around Mr. Flames, he's just constantly saying it, right, with me, because he's fucking mad at me all the time. He's like, shut up, Robbie, I get it. He's, but he's it's, mad at everyone all yeah. the time. But, but, uh, bunch of but now too. I say it to my employees, I say it to my grandma, I say it to my mom. <laughs> I'm like, Hollis, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but Alex is like, really? Another, like, Kusemak Alex, all the fucking time. When we changed the group chat name to Robbie's Correct, and then it went to Kusemak Robbie <laughs> the same day. <laughs> It was beautiful. That was good. Yeah, uh, that's what uh, that's what I love about being in cultures, being around people that aren't the Midwest culture, right? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, because it life. teaches me a di- the it's the spice, right? It's it, I feel like I'm a better person because I know our boss and I get to deal with our boss on a daily basis. See, I, I think yeah, I think our boss has made me a worse person. Uh, <laughs> I'm. Practice patience. That's. I bet you prayed for patience once, and they put Mr. Flames in your life. Oh man, I, that must be seven fucking years ago. Please, God, give me patience. Give me patience. Two weeks later, Mr. Flames walks through yeah, the door, pops off the boat. Here he is. God doesn't have a son. So my my, my first interaction with Mr. Flames. Uh, I forget what I had said. It was something to do with Jesus being you know the Son of God. It wasn't anything specific. You know, but uh, he goes, God has no son. And uh, <laughs> shouts out, Big Wang. Appreciate you in the chat. But uh, the very first time I had talked with Mr. Flames, uh, you know, I forget how it came up, but he goes, God has no son. And I'm like, you know, I'm a Catholic dude from the Midwest, right? The majority of us are Christian, or a lot of us are. And you don't hear shit like that ever. So I was kind of taken aback by it. I probably would have sucked his dick right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the best part of the story. So I just met this guy, right? And, uh, you know, he was talking about how Abraham is my father. And I said, well, no, Abraham's actually a dick. He tried to kill his son. He's fucking, you know, cheated on his wife with his mistress and, you know, sent, uh, his, I believe, his kid out into the desert as well. Like I said, I would never want to have a beer with this guy at the bar. And Cal goes, you can't cross that. That's our, excuse me, Mr. Flames. Uh, name dropped. <laughs> but, Beep! Yeah, we're going to clip that. <laughs> but uh, he had said something to the effect of, you know, that's a red line. You can't cross that. And I said, yes, I fucking can. I'm not a Muslim. I'm Catholic. You know, we have different red lines, and the shop closed at 8, and we stayed from 8 until midnight arguing about religion. And about, you know, six-ish years later, here we are, you know, yeah. opening stores left and right. He's my brother. I love him. <laughs> Same. Uh, that was a great a great introductory to uh, Mr. Flames. And you guys, yeah, and you uh, watching you two constantly is hilarious. And it's just like this shop life is, we talk about comparing it to wrestling, right? Uh, we're both wrestlers. Uh, I played football and I wrestled. He wrestled. I played uh, football too, but I played yeah. it so I didn't have to sit because I got caught smoking pot my senior year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we talk about the mental endurance this job takes, right? Everyone comes into this. Everyone walks in through the doors of flames. Man, I'd love a job here. You guys hiring? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you don't want this life. Like, you aren't ready for it. Like, you can't handle this this level of energy. Not just... It's just the constant gray areas that we have to stay. We're constantly reading laws. We're constantly re like fluctuating our inventory because of laws. You mm-hmm. know, reading up on product. It, it's yeah. an interesting bit. I've, I've been saying this for years. We work very hard to make it seem like all we do is sit back and smoke pot all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the, the the amount of pot I don't I should smoke is because of the stress levels is insane. <laughs> we say something like that tonight. This is why I smoked pot. Yeah. Yeah. He screams at him. Hey, this is why I smoked pot. And I was, I was like, 
you know, he's got a point there, boss. <laughs> I was like, I think I started smoking. I hadn't smoked in like six years. And I got into Lamar's and I started consuming again because I of the stress, the level of stress. Right. Also, I quit drinking. Like I don't drink drink like I which used is, to, which is so wonderful. I gotta say, I, I, I do. Just given how much I know you have put down, I'm glad you don't do that shit anymore. Oh yeah, like <laughs> just <they're> ever clear. <laughs> fucking glug 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 glug. That was glug, high school in fucking the days of the bars. It was at least a bottle of Jameson followed by who knows how many Rumplemans and who knows how many beers. Between the hours of 10 and 2 a.m., four hours I put more down in in a night than most people would put in a week. Or a month, for fuck's yeah. sake. I, yeah. And I was, per- I was perfect. Cops would breathalyze me. How the fuck are you on your two feet? How are you alive? <laughs> yeah. My liver was like, d- had a new version of cirrhosis that never happened before. <laughs> but I was completely functional. anomaly. Yeah, I paid all my bills. I was just, I couldn't find my peace. And... Uh, so I had a falling out with a particular individual that was like a brother to me a couple years ago and I had gone to a show, uh, close to Lamar's and I was talking to him and mind you, like when I say a friend of mine, this like, I don't use that term loosely. This man was my brother in my mind. Right. And this was the man that if you saw him, you saw me. And vice versa. Like, if I was working at the bar, he was there drinking at the bar. Mm-hmm. And if I wasn't at the bar drinking, I was taking a piss. You know what I mean? Or I was working. Like, that was how much we hung out. At every show, He, I was constantly being talked about on stage and everything like that. So, mind you, he, we talked about finding our peace a lot when we were fucked up. Like, bags of blow. Would you say that you were getting, you know, messed up to that level in an attempt to find your peace? Yes. Okay. Because my 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 piece at that time was the music scene, the music and bars, dude. That's all I've ever known is music, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, music has been my one foundation. It's something. It was like the program, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm in a similar boat with music. Yeah. And music is a piece of the divine that we get to experience on yep. this earthly plane. Uh, exactly, and and whatever you call a divine, may it be God or I consider the fifth dimension, tenth dimension, something, you know. Um, just something out of this world. Well, you I mean you can actually? So I'm, I'm big into the rave scene. I know you were in the '90s as well, um, and early, and all the way up until probably 2012. I would say I was. So, I mean, I kind of got into it as you got out of it. Yeah. Um, we, I'd sent you a snap about how I was like leaving as you, your fucking generation was coming in. You fucking plur bastards. <laughs> peace, love, unity, respect, responsibility, homie. Nobody listened to the last R. That it was peace, love, unity, respect. And do as many drugs. Yeah, as you the responsibility do. was to pay your drug dealer on time so you, he could front you again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. But watching people at a concert, you know, you can't go up to, say, a punk rocker or even a raver and say, "Hey, you're having a quasi, you know, religious experience right now." But you, you are. They are people that do yeah. that. Are I mean, you go to church, say, like a a Southern Baptist church with the whole choir and church singing together in unison, swaying with the music. Their whole bodies are, you know, yeah, it's vibrations of the world. Yeah, it's like that's a religious experience. If you take that exact same thing and you put it at a fucking club somewhere, it doesn't change the fact that it is a religious experience. Yeah. You know? And so with that, with me and him, is we talked a lot about peace, right? And so. A piece, the piece for us is, uh, I'll go back into the, what he said to me one night when we were driving home. Uh, but we, uh, we had established that our piece was owning a giant compound in fucking Montana or Wyoming and having a bunch of houses on this plot of land. Mm-hmm. And 
all the tech and the a built-in studio and just like the dream, right? Yeah. No drugs, no alcohol anymore, like case of beer. But like we we're at that we were like establishing that at some point we were given to give up this party lifestyle, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I don't really want to be thirty-five just railing blow all night. And I was like, God. I'm so fucking close to that. Like that's, <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. think that at the time, but now that I'm not doing that, I'm so grateful that I'm not, you know, yeah. Uh, who wants to be the 30 something year old dude at the bar? Just fucking off his head. Yeah. Just fucking strung out and fucking drunk, you know? Yeah. It's no way to live. It's certainly going home alone or like showing up to the bar alone. You know, but even, even let's say you're leaving with a different lady every night. I, I would say that that's, it, not where you want to be either, you know, because although that's physically stimulating, that doesn't do anything to cater to an emotional need or a, yeah. a deeper need for connection with a person that also is physical. Well, I think I've established that point in my life where, like, at that particular moment, like, I wanted, like, I was receiving all the intimacy I needed with my friends. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, that. Some pussy's nice, though. Yeah, pussy was great. Um, <laughs> got a lot of that. Um, big dudes can fuck, too. Um, and they can fuck well gang shit um but we he said that that's what he said right and i didn't really think about it at the time too well and then when we had our falling out i was i was laying on my couch bawling my fucking eyes out because i had lost my best friend and yeah, not yeah. to death or anything but we just had this huge falling out but we it, weren't it's, friends it's, it's in a, it's yeah in it was a way death. yeah it was it's yeah it was a death you. of a death of the closeness right yeah the trust the understanding of each other and i was like miserable and so i quit my bartending job told my boss i was gonna not drink and i quit drinking for a while like i didn't drink at all for a couple months mm -hmm. um like three four months i was just like i don't want to drink for a while and then he goes and says um or we ran into the bar a couple times i got mad at him fuck you dude whatever you're a piece of shit liar telling people this and when this actually happened you know and then when i go to the show um I never, he's like, you found your peace, and it clicked on the way home. I was like, this is weirdly my peace. The chaos of working for Mr. Flames, the chaos of, like, retail in and of itself, management in and of itself, um, person managing personalities and dealing with wholesalers and dealing with, like, business in a different way yeah business like suit like accountants and lawyers and advertising firms and, and one day you're wiring up cameras at his house and yeah hanging TVs yeah and yeah and then the next yeah one day i'm fucking yeah. ordering fucking disposable vapes the next i'm hanging fucking top tier fucking cameras and tvs and you know what i mean yeah um just because of that, that that's my piece. It brings me joy, right? That was a great cigar. Yeah. Shout out to Flames Tobacco. Yeah. Sh always shout out. Segway to our sponsor. <laughs> Stealing Linus Tech Tips. Uh, <laughs> once again, like, if you have any need for any alternative culture, subculture, um, tobacco, uh, smokables, vapables, you name it, we're we, we kind of hit all of it. 100%. And say you need any advice on the best way to get the most out of your say concentrate smoking experience i may not smoke but i know my shit and we all do yeah exactly right you know it's like i can help you out in that respect and i can be glad for you that you're enjoying it and you know this is another just kind of a side note but a misconception that people tend to have when someone gets sober i, I really don't think pot's a bad thing i think pot's a wonderful medicine and i think it's a great recreational drug as far as recreational drugs are concerned but for me, on a personal level, I can't get the most out of life if I'm loaded on anything psychoactive all the time, which is how I end up being. Yep. 
you know. So you don't, you don't, you don't fucking have moderation. No, like, that's no, your biggest I, fail with true. this. I mean, yeah. like a pack of Oreos, I'll eat the whole damn thing. Yeah, me, I thrive on moderation. Like, if I, I can consume any, like, any chemical that I've consumed, I can consume it in moderation. My moderation versus, mo you know, like, a moderation for me is a bottle of Jameson without any rumple mints, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's my version of moderation. It's not two bottles. It's not fucking weddings. Do do not put me at a wedding because I will drink a half a case of fucking Jameson. Oh yeah, uh, you know, I, uh, the last wedding I was at was my twins, and I was just so grateful to be a part of it. You know, because there there was a, a point where she wasn't going to have me involved because of my drug use. Not to say that it even impacted the family all that negatively. I was it did, but I was out of the house for most of it. Um, you know, and they it impacted them negatively in the way that their brother son was was wrecking his life. Um, I wouldn't say I had too much collateral damage in my wake, thank God. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I was able to be a part of her wedding, and it was, it was just beautiful. But uh, there was quite a word. We're an Irish family. There was quite a bit of whiskey there, and I, I had my fair share. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I made a point of it to, to moderate through the night, but by the end of the night, it's kind of funny. i got to act this shit out. The headphones are going to be the issue more than anything. That's all right. Yeah. So... I'm going to show you how I was walking up to the house at the end of the night. I told my mom that I hurt my back dancing with one of my friends who spun me around, picked me up, spun me around, and we both fucking hit the ground, and she thought I hurt my back, but what actually happened was I was hammered, and this is how I looked. Walking up to the house like this. Because I'm so fucking off kilter, I'm, you know, bent sideways <laughs> and trying to stay upright, but I was so fucking drunk that I'm tipped over sideways, and this is towards the very end of the wedding, you know, the bride and groom had left at this point, and... I thank God they left at that point because I wouldn't want any of them to see me like that. <laughs> I think you're okay. Yeah, I think you're either way is fine, I believe. Um, there we go. Yeah, but just moderation and see, drugs are, dr dr the, the chemical dependency aspect of drugs, specifically cannabis, is like a personal dependency with that yeah, chemical, it's right? rarely physical, if at yeah. all. It's well, how it's the reward system, right? And if you if you don't know how to teeter or control your usage, then you shouldn't be using it. I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I and you do it for that. the vine, you do it for the culture, you do it for the fucking sauce. That's that's the wrong point. I you, I consume things because I enjoy th what they are. You know. Yeah, yeah. See, I I can say that I. I can't say that I, I, towards the end of it all, that I've, I've been smoking pot because I just plain enjoy pot. I don't. I, I like changing my brain's chemistry and my conscious state of perception any way that I can. And I use pot to go to sleep. You know, me, I, I can't even say that because I would stay up, you know, say I got off at 10 o'clock. You would be up until 3 in the morning smoking You smoke weed. a blunt to go to sleep and you fucking forget you eat a whole bag of chips and then have to smoke another blunt to go to sleep. You know? I've been uh, seeing that meme on Facebook a lot. Oh, it's finally showing up on our... Maybe I got to scroll down and see. Ooh, shout out to my, uh, well, my favorite artist in the chat right now. She's done a whole bunch of paintings uh, that are actually hanging in my house. Uh, so much love, honey. Good to see you here. Thanks for tuning in. And speaking of art, this is not art. This is our the pre-form of our acoustic, once again, chaotic lifestyle of Ape Store Managers is we have a lot of poster board that we're going to hang acoustic foam. Things will get better as we go. Um, sound quality is going to get better. Streaming, the aesthetic um, placement of things are going to be different. Who knows? You it's, know it's what I mean? It's a learning experience. And, again, I want to reiterate this, and I think I said this in the very first episode. Th this is something where, you know, Rob and I differ on a great many things, but we're friends. 
and we can sit together and disagree and agree to disagree, but also attempt to further our own thinking on a topic such as, hey, how did death and morality relate to each other when we're living? Yeah. And it's and it's cool because we can sit because most people don't get with alternating or polarizing belief systems and ideas, don't get to sit and discuss these kind of aspects about themselves, knowing that uh, typically they'll shut themselves off from getting to know that person on a deeper level. So uh, I do, I sit with Donald to understand why he believes the things he does. Right. And likewise, I want to understand their perspective on the, the opposite end of the aisle, the spectrum, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. like I want to understand why, so I can be better at fucking telling them that they're wrong and stupid (laughs) (laughs) and you're ugly and you're fat. And (laughs) once they start commenting, what's the ad hominem start, you know, the good conversation has ended. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, you know, as far as, as, you know, morality goes with in relationship to being sober, I don't think you have to be sober to be a good person if someone may hear this and and think that. Clearly, I don't. You know, I I think I haven't been a total piece of shit, and I've been loaded for a long time. And I would say I'm the best person I think I've ever been, and I... Yeah, occasionally. Even though I don't drink anymore like I used to, I still... uh, I'm still a good person when I consume. Like, I still get work done. I still I would say when I consume, my level of being able to be... I don't. I don't want to say good. My ability to live properly in the world is diminished. Yeah, you. It's more of a. It's more deliberate, right? Like it's a deliberate thing that we have to choose. And if it's if we're under the influence of drugs and alcohol or drugs and anything, it becomes a more a, a harder process to do that, right? Like we may still be a functioning version of that, mm-hmm. but it's a lot more effort on our part to be that person. No, one hundred percent. I want to be a good person without putting a shitload of effort in. You know what I mean? I want to do good things without putting a shitload of effort in to just like with the store's never been opened late, right? Mm-hmm. And because I've been on time every single day, I've unlocked the door and flipped the light at nine o'clock. You yeah, know what I mean? When you got to fly like a bat of the hell to get there, yeah, I've been there, <laughs> yeah. And just I've overslept my alarm one time in ten months. You know what I mean? But like, it's easier for me to wake up and go to work than without drinking the night before. Yeah, you yeah know? absolutely than it is if I drank the night before. Like, I typically don't like to drink on the, the night before I have to go to work now, but... You know, as far as it, drinking, it happened. interestingly enough for me, I, I know that I actually can have a beer and put it down. Um, but the, it's interesting in, the, in the, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, they talk about the phenomenon of craving. And I definitely experienced that, and I didn't know what it was really until recently. Um, but even when I was young, you know, I remember I would take a drink or anything psychoactive, really, anything that changes my perception, I would take it and crave more of it. I wouldn't want a beer because the beer is cold and it tastes good, although those things are true. I would want the alcohol inside more than I wanted to taste the cold, you know, Budweiser or whatever it happened to be. Uh, just an interesting uh, an interesting thought about how my brain is uh, structured. And I know many people are like that, but, uh, yeah. you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, how I'm structured, it's just, it's an interesting idea. Right. Like, my old man's not like that. He can drink some beer and have a good time but he doesn't crave the next one he wants it because it tastes good yeah i drink a beer typically if i don't have a shot with it i'll drink a beer and i'll be like god i don't want to fuck another one i'm gonna get a headache (laughs) (laughs) i'll be feeling full and bloated yeah Uh, beer's good i love beer but i also don't want another one because of the headache speaking speaking of grabbing a drink i have to refill my coffee and i need a sip of my water so i will be back shortly um so why were why 
Donald's off filling his coffee. I would like to thank everyone from the South Dakota locations for stopping in and saying hi. Um, I don't may not personally know you. I'm Rob. I'm the Lamar's manager. Um, but I appreciate you supporting us and supporting Donald and supporting the stores and everything. Um, but yeah, I'm. Oh, cool. God damn it. The reason this all started was because we were sitting around talking about shit in the group chat all the time. And then we FaceTimed one day and we we're like, hey, let's do something with this. You know, I bought a bunch of this podcast equipment. I've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to be able to do this, right? Most of this equipment is mine. A little bit's the stores for content creation. But uh, I do this because I enjoy these types of things, and I enjoy connecting with our community. And um, in the future, like, w I see this progressing lots of different ways, but I would love it to be like a meetup situation um and if you want to support the podcast support the store like so if you want to support this podcast right now we ask that you buy t-shirts from our store with the flames logo on it you you can donate um to us specific we have a venmo i think or a paypal or something but if you want to support us that way that's totally cool not required not even requested um but we really like seeing things fly off the shelves more than money in our pocket. Right and I'll now. say another way you can support us as well. Uh, if it's, oh my God, I vape too much. That was difficult walking up those stairs. Yeah. And then back down. <laughs> but if you want to support us, if you like what we're up to, like this, subscribe, share yes. it with someone who wants to hear. Um, share us on your social media platforms. Um, we'll give you shout outs on screen. Um, we do have plan on this week. I will be getting more microphones, more headphones, more boom stands. Uh, the format of this podcast will always be the same, but it's a very wide, uh, we talk about basic or not basic shit, but we have a baseline that we want to talk about. And then we can also do segments, you know, like mm -hmm. parts of the podcast. We can have your artist friend come in and paint live while we sit and talk about how great that wave of blue looks. Or we could have experts in vaping and experts in smoking utensils and experts in politics come on the podcast. And I actually have a cousin of mine that uh, I would like to sit down with. Uh, he's a state rep for Wright County in Minnesota. He's a fairly conservative dude. Uh, kind of classically conservative in that way where I, I would say I'm... Oh, I would have a lot of fun with that guy. I'm conservative, but I don't think I'm classically conservative in that way. You know, I, I'm conservative in the sense of keep what works, change what we need to change, and progress, but progress with caution and trepidation to not wreck things that we already have that work well mm -hmm. in, in any aspect of life not just political also i want to we're gonna i'm just gonna i just thought of this while we're sitting here uh we're doing easter eggs on this podcast visual uh the visual podcast so if you watch the video uh on youtube or watch the live stream you you can pick out the easter egg um but we'll give you a shout out live on stream and share your socials if you get the the Easter eggs, we won't ever like tell that. you, um, but there there'll be Easter eggs, right? Um, so there'll be subtle things on camera that you'll have to notice in order to get a shout out on social media. On fuck it, the flames, absolutely, yeah, the flames Snapchat because yours is huge, mine's big. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it would be bigger if Snap didn't fuck us three different times. Yeah, but we, we've built it back up since yeah. then. Snapchat apparently doesn't like hemp. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think YouTube does either under the, the actual usage for monetization. But that's uh, true enough. It, whatever. We'll figure out. We're, we're going to work our way around that shit. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like oh, the best way you can support us is by sharing our socials, uh, top shelf sessions on everything. Um, if you just Google us, we should come up. Uh, but please fucking subscribe to the YouTube because we get more benefit, not financial benefits, but the a bit more control over our channel for live streams once we hit a thousand uh, subscribers. So share with a friend, um, share with your mom, your cousin. Um, if you have some hyper conservative family members if you're from Alabama and your mom's your cousin, then... yeah, or your brother's cousin or sister cousin. If, if you're a leftist or a liberal and you have some hyper-conservative family members, have them stop in or vice versa. If you're a hyper-conservative person and you have some liberal family members, sit with them and watch this. Talk about it. I would also say if you're a hyper-conservative person, uh, smoke a joint. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do something besides drink bush light and suck the cock of a politician. Um, <laughs> oh, before off. Oh. I've been waiting all fucking three days. Mar-a-Lago. What the fuck? <laughs> we, we maybe should get into that another time. But, yeah, I, but I just that. had to say something because I haven't said anything to you about it. I'm so ready. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, aghast by it. Yeah. Remember when he said seven times in one year that it would the, that a president shouldn't be run for if he's been investigated by the FBI? <laughs> That's And that we're going to leave it at that. We'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. have to leave it at that, at least for now. Pay attention to our Twitter, too, because we'll be we'll – be, right, I got to get you logged in on the Twitter, too. Don't let me forget. So we can both, like, sign off by each other's names, you know, our handles when we're using it, um, just so they know whose opinion or who's saying what. But yeah, yeah. Uh, pay attention. We – we got a Twitter. We got a, I think, I don't know if I set up the Instagram. Yes, I have an Instagram, I believe. I also, I do want to say this as well. Um, you know, folks are often, whatever side you sit on, left, right, I'm speaking politically now, but uh, it seems like politics is the new religion. Yeah. Um, whatever side you sit on, these opinions are all our own. And, you know, I would also say that uh, folks who want to malign either Rob or I with hateful views, uh, good luck, motherfucker. <laughs> I've been dealing with it my whole fucking life. You aren't going to fucking scarce me. And if you want to, like, come for anything we care about or, like, we're we're just prefacing this, right? Like, these are our own views. And, yes, we talk about our employer quite frequently. None of these views are sanctioned on either side by the employer. Yep. They're completely our own. Yeah. They're not his views. They're not the store's views. You will be welcomed with open arms no matter what side well, not physical open arms because I don't like touching people. I like hugging. Yeah, he's a hugger, fucking creepy. Um, <laughs> but we welcome you no matter what. Like, I want, if you're a hyper Trumper and a conservative and a hyper religious person, I want you to come into my store. And if you want to scream Trump shit at me, have fun. But I'm still going to sell you your vape, your cigarettes, your water pipe, whatever. And I'm going to treat you like a human fucking being. And he's going to do the same in his you know, store. And we're never going to make you feel like you don't belong. No, 100%. The thing about it is. Is, uh, I, people, I, as a general matter, in, in America, I'll speak for because that's where I'm from. Yeah. That uh, I think people need to understand that, much like you and I, Rob, you can sit across from someone you disagree with on, say, damn near everything politically, and you can have a damn good time. And you can sit with love in your heart towards that person. Yeah, the person I fucking was talking about earlier that I claimed to be my brother is a fucking country singer who wore fucking cowboy boots and cut the sleeves off every t-shirt he did and he fucking drove a big lifted truck and was a farmer. Yeet. And that was my brother. 
And I am a fucking skinny jean wearing fucking vans and vans and fucking long, cute, beautifully long hair, obnoxiously loud, does not believe in God. And yeah, that's yeah. We're we're gonna we're gonna reveal. Let's do a reveal. Uh. It, it's something. My first time seeing it, actually, we were at a concert. We were at a benefit for a customer of ours who tragically uh, took his own life. Um, and that is quite the reveal. And as far as the benefit goes, it was it was tragic but beautiful to see, you know, everybody come together for Cole. And I think this might be the new look for every podcast. I think it should be. Yeah. I was going to – I thought about it, but I was sweating when I was setting all this up today. You know, I got to put this hair up. Yeah, I was like, the buns got to stay. I'm going to – it's like – pooled sweat on my forehead um but i was like yeah this is this is the new aesthetic i fuck with it uh i'm gonna have to get a flat iron at your house <laughs> it's like whatever you need. Prod. <laughs> whatever you need hey, but yeah i got the hair i got the shades yep. <laughs> yeah and that's that's true right because our main man kyle cut all his shit off yeah, you gotta have it Fucking you gotta faker. have it <laughs> that was crazy man when he went from like looking you know like he was uh the undertaker yeah me and he, everyone thought we were brothers or thought I, we were yeah. the same person my, my question was everybody that gets hired at singing hills tended to look like kyle at least yeah. at that point you know <laughs> tats and beards and hair and, yeah. yeah me and kyle look related it's crazy um now but he cut his hair and mr flames was like you're next and i was like the fuck i am <laughs> i was like this is the only reason i've gotten laid in eight years <laughs> not my fucking personality that's for damn sure that's for damn sure <laughs> who wants to bang the loud weird guy that talks about fucking uh, my chemical romance all the time <laughs> Was it? Is it My Chemical Romance that has the song that's called "I'm Not Okay"? And yeah, just some. I'm not. I promise. Okay. Yeah, I'm oh, not. Yeah, and oh then the, God, the that, E flat or that whatever sums up the fucking genre. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I I do love e, the, the emo rock. Yeah, guy. you know. Uh, well, so we've gotten on some tangents. That's something I like about this podcast. It's kind of an open form conversation. Yeah. Um, but you know, the idea of death. It, this makes me think of this. So uh, there's a, a Stoic philosopher named Seneca that speaks on death and you know how many men humans many men many many men (laughs) wish death upon me it's shout out 50 many (laughs) uh many people spend their whole life trying to learn to live but don't know how to die and i i can't say that i know how to die either but i can speak on my grandpa's behalf watching him pass he's about 15 at the time and uh well, first of all, he was making jokes and cracking wise you know, up until two months before his day. He had a big stroke, and all the way up until that, he was cracking wise and having a good time. And even after that, he still was. He was just talking a little slower. <laughs> With a crick in his face, yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, when he passed, he passed with his wife, his children, grandchildren, and cousins from all around, you know, around him. And that, to me, is the mark of how to die. You know, and it, when he did pass, uh, you know, he, he wasn't really audible at that point. He couldn't speak. Um, it just, I mean, very little. He could speak very little. But, uh, it, you know, he, he died properly in my estimation, and he lived properly in such a way that all of his kids wanted to be there. All of his grandkids wanted to be there and were, you know, terribly sad that he was gone. And to me, that's the mark of, of living properly. And a quick story about that, of, of in terms of relationships and death. He hung on considerably longer than the docs expected him to. And in, in part, 
I think it was because he was concerned with grandma, grandma Abby, uh, you know, who's going to take care of her when he's gone. Right. was, I I really do believe that was his thinking because I had told him, one of my uh, aunts told me that that was why he was hanging on, I believe. And then I basically went up to him and, and, you know, said to him quietly, grandpa, you can let go. I'll take care of grandma. Just let it go. I'll take care of her. She'll be okay. I'll make sure of it. And he passed shortly after that. My grandpa did something very similar. He was worried about... I was the apple of my grandpa's eye. He was my best friend. Mm-hmm. And I was 21, uh, 2010, October 31st. And I looked at him and I said, it's okay, you can go, I'm going to be okay. And within two, three minutes, he was he passed. So it's crazy how much somebody holds on chills. to make sure it's not... Yeah, that it's what they love. And you were saying people don't know how to die and he was surrounded by people that he that he loved and loved him and I, it's funny because i always reference the wonder years my favorite band that's where the Stroop the pigeon comes from and they i have a t-shirt that they made that says i just want to sell out my funeral so my grandpa's wake i've never seen anything like this to this day and i've been to plenty of wakes i never saw anything like it prior i never seen anything like it after it went the line to his wake not his funeral but his wake Went out the church and down the street, probably two and a half, three blocks. Jesus. And, and, and that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. And you know how the family would stand, you know, in, say, picture a church, right? There's the center aisle with pews on either side. And the family would stand on either side, and people would come up and shake your hand and give you a hug and say, I'm sorry for your loss, and blah, blah, blah. It's a real generic thing to say. Uh, but if you mean I it, that's that wonderful. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, your feet just fucking hurt. It it went on forever in a fucking day. Uh, your feet hurt. And it's just dead laughing at your ass like, ah, fucker. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, uh, I guess the only other time I've seen anything comparable to that was my Uncle Pat. And Pat, you know, he passed away fairly young and was another just great man. You know, he got sober. Uh, he didn't, he wasn't a coward like me and had to go to treatment and meetings. <laughs> just, just playing for people to do that. It's actually wonderful and I really do enjoy it. But, uh, you know, he dried up. Some of us are better than others. Uh, some of us listen to Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Both of us do. It's, exactly. That's why we're better. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he had, well, let me tell you a quick story about Pat. So I have a very good friend of mine, uh, well, name dropping Matt Mosier. If you're listening to this, shouts out to you, buddy. I never knew this, but I found this out probably in 2017, 2017. It was New Year's. We were doing blow. Or excuse me, it was uh, St. Patrick's Day, and we were uh, doing blow and drinking. And, uh, you know, Pat came up, and Matt was telling me this story. And I looked over, and he had some tears going down his cheeks. And he basically disclosed to me that, you know, uh, Matt and I met when we were 15. And Pat passed when we were 18. But Pat was the first adult in Matt's life that ever gave him any encouragement. Now, Pat was a sculptor and a contractor. He was an artist, and he makes beautiful art. And I'm actually going to be bringing a couple of his sculptures from my front yard. But And they're fucking giant. Like, we got to get a trailer and a crane the whole nine. But uh, Nah, you just call Robbie. He got you. Superman. <laughs> but uh, Matt told me this story. So we went to Ireland when I was 15, and over that time, Matt stayed at the farm for about a week helping Pat. And he pounded about 20,000 orange rubber-headed nails into this tree. It looked like a giant orange dildo. Uh, But it was a sculpture. It was art. And Pat thought it was cool, man. And he encouraged Matt, but he didn't do anything special. He was just being Pat. You know, and he showed him how to weld and said, hey, man, you could do this. Here's how you do it. You could do it. He was the first one to ever tell this kid in his life 
that he could be something other than a fuck up. And because of that, his whole life turned around. Yeah. He went from, you know, this wannabe gangster type wearing a fucking Macklemore fur coat with a cocked sideways flat bill to this redneck hunting dude that, you know, gave a shit about the work he put out. They cared about how he interacted with people. Still, you know, sometimes as a brash person, but hey, that's Matt. But because Pat was himself and lived the way he did, it changed the trajectory of this kid's life who is now a welder who thinks about Pat every day and... You know, uh, Matt told me this story, and he said, and, and I want to be able to tell it to his son, my cousin, Vincent, who Vince doesn't know Matt. But Matt wants to let Vince know that, hey, man, your dad did something amazing for a random kid that didn't deserve it. And because he lived the way he did, my life has changed for the better. And that, to me, is the mark of how you live and, in a sense, how you die. Yeah. Pretty fucking living, living a lasting effect in people's lives, right? What do they call that? A legacy. It's called leaving a legacy. Pretty fucking cool. That's. I would agree with that. You know what I forgot to do? Mm. Hit record. No. Yeah. Oh no. It's fine. I'll just rip the audio off the YouTube video later. <laughs> uh. Uh, well, I, I maybe see. if we started at six o'clock, like we had planned, I would yeah. remember. Unless, no, yeah, see the green, see the green dot on the butt on the podcaster. It's green. I'm colorblind. I, I guess I got the shade. The illuminated on. light. Okay, yeah, that's green. Yeah, that's supposed to be red. <laughs> I fucking can't with myself. So I, I don't even hardly know if I know what that means. Does that mean that this video wasn't recorded? Or the no, it's, it, it'll be saved live on YouTube as a vlog. Okay, but it wasn't recorded to the mix. It wasn't recorded to the mix or Logic because I wanted to, the the digital audio workstation we use. Yeah, yeah. Um, So there's a micro SD card in the mixer that I was supposed to hit record to so I could have two files to see which one sounds better or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Logic, I knew I didn't hit record on that. Because I was like, I don't, I want to see how the first session goes and see if it, it streams good and all this stuff. And I don't have to, you know, like worry about logic bogging down the computer. Also, can we talk about how I spent it? 80 fucking dollars for a USB to Ethernet cable. I'm returning it to Walmart tomorrow morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely I have to. two, I have two or three of them at my apartment. 80 fucking... Walmart's supposed to be cheap. <laughs> they are cheap. They're cheap in how they treat their people. Yeah. They treat cheap in their products. But uh, capitalism, baby. Margins. If capitalism's done properly, it's, it, it exists it's like you and I do. It's doing properly right now. No, no, I, no, it's not. Not it's, exactly. Yeah, there's, there's, corporate, exactly there's corporatist what, capitalism, and then there's what we are doing at Flames, and that would, is what I would say is true capitalism, and it's the tide that rises all boats, yours well, included. Late-stage capitalism is where we're at now, and this is where capitalism ends up. You know, I actually can agree with that to a point. It does. I mean, because when, when you scale, so where we're at, what we're doing is not late stage capitalism. We are in a late stage capitalist state. I, I well, I would also say even late stage capitalism is considerably better than communism. Eh, on paper, it's not. Less tombstones. Who dies? Well, I mean, shit. What was it? 30, and on 30 million, paper, thirty million in practice, in the USSR, states. potentially those are fascist states. Those were not communist states. They oh. claim themselves to be communist. They were fascists. Same as the, the the United States claims it's democracy, yet it's a fascist state. 
Well, I mean, fascism, if I'm not mistaken, is the fusion of industry uh, and government. Give me a second. I, I may be mistaken about that. I think it is, right? It's, it's, it's it a, is fascism, authoritarian, uh, blah, blah, an authoritarian blah. government. Um, three basic features of fascism by Richard, Roger Griffin. Uh, a genus of political ideology whose mythic core in its various permeations is a palogenetic form of populist alternate ultra nationalism. So that's, let's see the, the criteria. There's a list. I got to look it up. Well, you know, I, I mean, Oh, here we go. Found it. You are a loud person. Yeah, I am. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's. I. This is hollow, and then this doesn't have any acoustic. Shouts out to IKEA. Thanks for the table. Yeah, fucking assholes. Um, Got my cousin Jerry McBrady build me a table. I was talking to my old man about that. One of my cousins is a master fucking craftsman. Like he can make beautiful furniture, all woodworking stuff. And fourteen defining characteristics characteristics of fascism. One, powerful and continuing nationalism. I don't think nationalism is inherently bad. Let's just say that. America! <laughs> you kind of need some nationalism. Uh, not true. Ha- well, well, hang on, hang on. No, nope, that's a tribalist mindset, and well, it's, it's archaic belief systems. Whoa. Disregard for human rights. China. Fascist. I told you it wasn't. Co- I told you it wasn't communist. It was fascist. They define themselves as communist state. A communist state on a banner does not mean they're communist. They well, have I mean, to meet a certain the, criteria. The government to be controlling the economy, the output. The, but the the government doesn't control the economy in communism. The people control the economy because the people define what what control people well, have. You know, the nice thing about communism is everybody has an equal number of bones to gnaw on. Yeah. Identification of enemies as a unifying class. People are rallied into a unifying patriotic frenzy over the need to eliminate perceived common enemy. ISIS. Well, so the idea that the terrorists, the libertards, snowflakes. There's a whole bunch of Supremacy of the military. But it goes on Supremacy of the military. Widespread sexism. Huh. Roe versus Wade. Um, controlled uh, wait, mass so, media, so the it, Jews owning everything. What the fucker? I, see, I, I'm not, I can't say that because I'm not Jewish. Yeah, you can't. That's ours. You that's, can't have that. Well, you know, you like Jameson, Obsession with something. national security. Well, Obs- na- national security is necessary. Obsession with it, though? Obsession. Wait, well, an obsession with it isn't, but I... So, uh, I want to I talk to you about this, too. Why we're on the national security thing, mm-hmm. okay? Have you noticed since COVID that everyone says, be safe, have a good night? It never used to be that. We never, we, ever since right before COVID or b- b- month, a year or two before that, people are starting saying, be safe, be safe, be safe, be safe. I've, I feel like there's this weird overwhelming gloom of we don't feel safe anymore. Well, or like people have told us to not feel well, safe. You know, something that COVID did as a, as a general matter, um, well, I think social media has a large part to play in people's reactions to COVID, given that, say, something like polio had a significantly yeah, yeah, higher yeah, yeah, death yeah. rate. Um, the, well, that being said, um, COVID did something, I would say, living in, in the West, in America particularly, and in even, you mean Europe and developed nations, right? 
we're, we're fairly well insulated. And I'll, again, I'll speak on America because I live here. We're fairly well insulated from most of the atrocities that throughout history were commonplace. Yeah. And the fact is we're floating on a giant rock around a raging fireball in the middle of infinite nothingness that's expanding. And many things can happen that essentially we have not put any sort of thought into, one of them being disease, a yeah. rampant disease. Say maybe an, um, an asteroid may hit the planet and nuke everything. Um, the point I'm making here is that we're well insulated from the very scary parts of life and have been for a long time. And yeah. COVID was kind of a shock to that. But the, but the fact of how, like, I saw it on a TikTok, you know, that's what made me Got stop me. Not a communist, anarchist. There's a difference. I believe communism is a great way, a great segue to anarchy. Um, but yeah, it's just something that I've noticed. You know, we everyone says it now. Have a good night. Be safe. Yeah, we I never used to say that. Nobody ever used to say that. I can't. My my homies did. No. Oh yeah, they did. Not like this. No. So again, have a safe night in the smaller at the club that I associated with. But they're all in ecstasy and they're like, "Oh, I love you. Be safe." Yeah, <laughs> like that. But not like walking out of a retail store. Nobody said, "Be safe." Yeah. A gas station, a grocery store. Have a good night. Be safe. That was never I, ever I, said. I agree with that. Weird, right? And it wasn't said on mass. Certainly yeah. on mass. Yeah. Well, it was just never said. I don't remember people saying "Be safe" unless there was something going on. True. True. Um, to continue, so controlled mass media, um, obsession with national security, religion and government are intertwined. I hate to say, I hate to admit that, but Roe v. Wade is an example of that. Yeah. Not just we swear on a Bible in a courtroom. Courts are, or churches are ju- not are exempt from taxes. I mean that's true enough. Although I, I that's really, intertwined, homie. That's we're se- I mean, that's true we're enough. separating I, churches. I would say if we want to say equate like Mussolini's fascism to America, we're gonna have to reach a long fucking way. And oh say no, no, but this is defining fascism. Like it's a it's you're a fascist state well, so, or you're not a fascist. Well, I mean, state. so any well any country then. I'm not done. Well, no, I'm gonna push back on this. Okay. I'm just gonna ramble down the list okay. and have me not say anything. Okay. Uh, any state really, I would say that exists currently has fascistic elements. I think that's part well, yeah, of but having a country. How many have we checked off so far? Three. Uh, we'll start at the top. Is it three or four. Powerful and continuous, continuing nationalism. Fascist regimes use constant use of patriotic mottos. God bless America. Well, so, but again, I, I don't think you can say that that's I'm in, indicative of us being fascist. Slogans. I, I, again, I don't think you can say that saying God bless America is indicative that America is a fascist. Symbols. State. I mean, everything has a symbol. Songs, flags, these are just idea like themes, right? So, uh, look the other way. Approve of torture. Approve of long incarcerations for I, prisoners. I, I do actually approve of torture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, approve of on. approve of executions and assassinations. Well, so but hang on now. Th- so this is where it actually does. This is disregard sense. for human rights. But, so it, but it does going make against sense the to push Geneva back on Convention. This. Do you think that there are instances where a human can commit a crime so egregious that they forfeit their right to life? I do. I do believe that. The Nuremberg trials are an example. Yeah. Right. If you were in, if you were the guy running Auschwitz and you got hung for it. Right, that's because one of it's one of the great historical atrocities. We could say this. So what? So so what? Sector. Where do we draw the line, though? Three murders, four murders, five. Well, so it's again, I can't really tell you, you exactly kinda, where the yeah, line is Yeah, we can't, but yeah. But I do believe that there are crimes so egregious that you forfeit your right to life. But at what point do like? I think that's a cop out. Canceling somebody's life well, subscription. In, in what way? Let's say you're, you know, an Adolf Hitler person. Should he get fuck to live? that? That motherfucker gets to live in a fucking prison and get ass raped every day with a pineapple. 
Now, what's more cruel, death or that? That? Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you. Yeah. Although I, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I kind of like that. Yeah. Actually. I'm a big, if I ever committed a crime so hellacious that I got the death penalty for. Death raped with a pineapple. Yeah, I would be like, fucking sign me up for that penalty, baby. Let's go, you know. <laughs> Fuck living in prison for the rest of your life. Say I got caught selling 400 pounds of fucking weed one day. That's a life sentence. Yeah. Imagine me sitting in prison for life. That's... I'd much rather get the death penalty. You know, I, I got to say, I, I don't know what I would rather do. I'm a fucking cash me out. Color me up, boss. I'm out. Pit boss over here. Let's go. <laughs> um, corporate powers protected. Corporate bailouts. Uh, yeah, again, and I would say that's uh, not capitalism. We need to let businesses fail, which we haven't done, which is why we're heading to. Actually, yeah, I believe this is the second consecutive quarter that we've had a declining GDP, which would mean we're in a recession. Yep. Labor power suppressed. I don't know that you can make that case with unions being as strong as they are. Uh, Teachers <sighs> unions, police unions. Yeah, po there's unions, but it's... But that's a court. So it says here, labor unions are seen as a huge threat to a fascist government. Unions are seen as a threat to our government. That's why we keep wait, them. Wait a minute. When there's teachers who are employed by the government and part of a teacher's union, I don't think you can make that case at all. As all, we're not just talking one union. We're talking no, I'm them as if a it's whole. thought as an entire. If it's thought as a threat, I don't believe it's thought. Labor as a threat. unions are extensively, <coughs> or are labor unions are either severely suppressed or eliminated entirely. I would say the way unions can be a threat to regular business would be kind of in the way the mafia would use them, going into say a mom and pop yeah, shop yeah. and saying, "Hey, you know, you Order have protection X, shit." Well, yeah. no, well, you have X amount of people. We could bring a union in here, and then you're going to triple your cost on everything. You're going to have to pay up the ass with money you don't have. And instead of doing that, you give us 25 grand every Christmas, and we'll keep the unions away. Yeah. Which is what actually, fun fact, that's what Michael Francis would do. He's a captain in the Columbus uh, crime family in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And that's exactly how they would use the unions to infringe. Oh, yeah. Regular, I shouldn't say infringe, would harm regular business. Yep. Particularly Disrespect business. for intellectuals in the arts. You know, I would say there's definitely some of that, but I would say more than not in America, we have a great respect for academics to a fault. Uh, I would say so per, uh, a like, captain of industry is looked at more higher, higher than a high, like a professor or an expert in their field. You know, well, I would say in social settings, I would say a captain of industry does more to produce more good than a professor. Open hostility for, I'm just reading the, the bullet points underneath. Mm -hmm. um, open hostil hostility to higher education. Professors and other academics are censored or even arrested. Free expression in the arts and writing is openly attacked. What about academics and academic institutions suppressing free speech? That's a thing. That happens. That's kind of the opposite of that point, I would say. Yeah. Obsession Particularly with, with conservatives on college campuses. Yeah. Uh, obsession with crime and punishment. I don't know that we have an obsession with that. I think that part of that could be considered rule of law, which we do have to have to have. Any Local sort police of are given almost limitless power to limitless power to enforce laws. I would say that isn't the case at all. Limitless power? Come on, man. Limitless? We're, we're going to say that. Uh, do I need a poll star pulling up statistics on how many cops have been uh, arrested and and been investigated? But that's just it. Arrested and investigated means not. And then released. Power. 
But they're investigated by the the people they went to fucking police academy with. That's not. Again, they're they're both shielded. I, I, well, I, I, shielded isn't limitless power. I don't think those are the same things. Almost limitless. Almost uh, is well, the key. And word. again, I, I don't think so. Well, as an example, right? We have a essentially a a, a well equipped police force. To a, I don't want to say to a fault because if criminals have, oh we're getting there and we're I, get paramilitary well, so, paramilitarization of the police force is also well, a part so, of well fat, something like fascism. that actually happened in Canada interestingly enough yeah uh, invoking the emergency powers because the cops trampled on an old lady and then Justin Trudeau decided to invoke the emergency act because of this <laughs> and then said oh well you know it was like three days later he canceled it and said oh well you know it worked so well that we didn't need it anymore yeah. A little bit of geopolitics for you. Uh, people are often willing to overlook police abuses in the name of patriotism. Thin blue line. Well, so, I mean, I guess that's a, you could certainly take that perspective. That being said. They put a fucking, they literally crossed the line of the of the flag. They they went against the acts of the flag, which is a law on the books about our flag. Well, that's much like you can't have, you know, American flag now. Yeah, yeah, we've talked, yeah, yeah. The but they went and, de like, defaced our flag. That is a defacing of our flag. Same as the firefighter, same as the bee fucking, yeah, I mean, the, you know, like all the other motherfuckers that want to use the flag for shit um, to overlook police abuses in the name of patriotism. So if it wasn't to over, it's a patriotic idea as the flag, well, so right? Do you think that the, the thin blue line idea, right? It seems to me to be a reaction. It seems to me to be a reaction from people that go all Blue lives don't exist. Well, again. It seems to be a reaction from people to go, all cops are bastards or all cops are bad. But that's uh, been a thing forever. And and again, yeah, I think the thin blue line idea, the the you know, blue lives matter, the but there's no use, such thing as a blue life. It's a uh, job. Well, again, I think that again is a, you might say a reaction to. Yeah, it's so, a reaction to the I can't breathe. The cops wearing T-shirts that I can't breathe. That's where that stemmed from. The thin blue line started from, was it Mike Jones or whoever? I can't remember which atrocity well, yeah, i was. can't breathe was was george floyd yeah uh no it was before that no no it was that it was is it adam lewis selling cigarettes in new york somebody like that he was yeah. choke by police yep so it's the i can't breathe um and the cops were went out in full force with t-shirts that said have to I forgive can't. me on the name i, I yeah, don't yeah. actually remember uh, i forgive me too it's been a few years ago um i know that but the, it, the, it was the response to that man saying i can't breathe and people wearing t-shirts that say i can't breathe and cops coming out in full force of demonstration saying i can breathe and that's where the blue lives matter movement stemmed from that's interesting see i didn't know that yep and i wouldn't say you know as far as like oh there's no such thing as blue lives well i mean there's there's enough instances of say cops being shot in the head unduly that but that was a that person who had a job well, and could you imagine if, say, someone had an animus against vape shop guys and wanted to shoot them in the head because of in corrupt individuals? But we're not going to walk the street saying vape store lives matter. Well, because as a vape not. store isn't a life. It's a, it's a career path. It's not a life. Well, so if... There were and that just subjugate That just... If there were whole groups of people... Cycles saying, back. That just cycles back. The idea that cops, it's a fraternity of people, or a, a group it's of people a, saying they're above. Yeah, it's a fraternity of people saying that they're outside of the normal the grouping of people. That they're above, not the law per se, but they're they're separate. They're separating themselves. Well, I, I would say in, in effect, cops which are they actually, stand against, they stand in support well, of each other. Like I'm not yeah. going to choose a vape store manager over a guy who runs a Target. 
Well, so I'm going to pick you, Donald, as a person. I would say the cops, in in a way, do stand separately from an average person, but it's in the sense of, and actually, Family Guy touched on this pretty well. Uh, yeah, right. And so there was a scene where the Peter and the gang went down to, I believe, it was Georgia, some southern state. <laughs> it might have been Georgia. It was a southern state, and they had a cop come out that was corrupt and you know framed them for shit. And, yeah. And basically, at the end of it all, Joe, the the paraplegic cop said. You know, as a member of law enforcement, you have a moral obligation to be more morally upstanding, back to morals, morally upstanding than the average person. And I do believe that's the case. There's a higher standard, yes, but they but I, and we I don't hold them accountable for I, that. I would agree with that. And I think police unions are a large part, in large part, why that's the case. Yeah, I would agree. You know, which is interestingly enough, you know, you sit on the left, I sit on the right. And, you know, we're both over here like, hey, well, unions can't all be that good. Some unions can teachers. be, yeah, the, but it's also protecting but people. Interesting, right? So you, we do need teachers' unions. I and, uh, and we need workforce union workforce. Like, and I agree with like that. But that's so, where redneck stems from. An is, example yeah. of, of teachers' unions being a necessity, right? Although they do protect bad teachers. If a teacher like my dad, right? So he's been a health teacher, if I had teacher for about thirty years or so, uh, he now makes x amount of dollars you know 60 70 grand something like that with 30 years of experience and a master's degree well the administration now he is paid he's about making double what a starting teacher would make because of his experience because of his master's degree because of his qualifications years, yeah. right and he's a good teacher but if they didn't have say tenure through teachers unions if that didn't exist the administration now cuts him saves 50 percent of expenses on him and then puts a new guy in there at 30 grand you know, so that's an example of like, well, we actually do need unions. I'm not over here saying we don't. Yeah. But, you know, as an example, uh, there was a cop in Minneapolis. Um, I forget the cop's name. But uh, he had several complaints. I mean, just, uh, you know, it was a racially motivated complaints. He had complaints uh, against people of all races, creeds, and colors. I mean, essentially, this dude's a bad guy. You know, he's not being treated fairly. Mm -hmm. uh, not treating people fairly. And it turns out this dude actually was from, I believe it was a Southern Police Department or somewhere south of Minnesota, right? Not hard to do, um, but was moved up here, right? It had <coughs> <coughs> essentially had complaints and was moved around. Uh, interesting segue or interesting similarity. The Catholic Church actually does that. Yeah, with their priests. Yeah, whenever they yeah. get a, Say a, a pedophilic scandal, yeah, that sort of thing. They move them to a different city, state, country. Yep. And, and the diocese you know, in the... And I, I think you can actually chalk that up to people taking identities and protecting their own. Yeah. Right yeah, or yeah, wrong, it's good tribalism. or bad. You know. But I, I do think we need a bit of, not tribalism necessarily, back to nationalism, yeah. right? Nationalism is a unifying idea that we all exist under an umbrella of some kind. That, they are, that we're better than everyone else. Well, That's where that word that that country is best ultimately is what it boils. Well, it, it's a love for your place that you come from, and I, I think if people don't have that as a general That's matter, you pride, can't, not nationalism. Nationalism well, believes nationalism that. is pride in your country to a point. Let's get this. I'm. We got Google on standby today, boys and girls, and everyone in between and on the outside. Um, identification with one's own nation and support for its interests, especially to the exclusion or detriment of the interests of other nations. Mm -hmm. But so the first part of that yep. is pride in your nation. Especially and to the exclusion. Now, oh, yeah. it can get there. Stick with your own. It can get there. Okay. But Advocacy you, or for so, support of the political independence if you don't have, of a particular nation of people. If you don't have some sort of nationalism, you don't have a country. You have, no, you have, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't have... Nationalism for America well, or any you per country. You personally don't, but that has existed in America. That's why we live in a place called America. Mm -hmm. 
if that doesn't exist, we don't live in America. We live in, say, our small, very small tribes. And the smaller the tribe God, is, the higher I the wish. Body. God, I wish. God. Donald, please, no, please, you, Robbie, please. You, you don't wish that because the smaller the tribe gets, the more violent the tribes get. That's, I mean, that's sociological, tr- it's a sociological Not truth. A, no. Well, yeah, but that happened in millennia ago without philosophical history and higher education. Well, so we don't want more, we don't want sex of tribes warring bloodily with each that other. That won't necessarily happen. Yes, it will. History has shown nothing but that. That's just, that's the farce that you get told? It's not a farce. It's a historical reality. Oh my God. So tell me why then all tribes haven't been wiped out. They have South African or how about the tribes. How about the Hutu and the Tutsis in Rwanda in the 90s? Killing each other with machetes. Small tribes fighting against each other. The smaller the tribes get, the more exclusionary they get, the more exclusionary they get, the higher the levels of violence to anyone who's not in your in-group. That's so explain, true. explain to me this, right? So say that's... that's oh, hang on, and that doesn't mean all tribes all the time are warring. Yeah. But that is a legitimate truth that the smaller the tribe gets, the more bloody the confrontations between members of the out-group get. So what if... What if people be so, take twenty years down the road, say a world defining a world anomaly happens, right? Zombie apocalypse, right? Um, world War Z. Yeah, Z, 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 Z. Shout out Z in the chat still if you're there. Um, but we are we are people who have lived in a, a quote unquote first world country we have a staff we have colleges we have bank accounts we have all these things right infrastructure yeah we have a huge infrastructure right so once we start breaking down subsects this isn't like um this is an anarchist dream is to have smaller communities and smaller self-supporting communities without a governing body right mm-hmm. um a governing body does not necessarily need to exist well, so what about belief. like say uh, in I mean, if you look at the, say, native culture, the elders, they're not necessarily a governing body, but they are people that, say, are have been here longer than the other members of the tribe yeah. that have more life experience, i.e. more wisdom, and are looked to to They look after leadership, right? On behalf of that, that would be a governing body in a sense. It maybe isn't called government, if that's a term you don't like, but it's definitely a governing body. I wouldn't say it's governing. I would say... I would say in the situation we, we, we're dealing with in this state, yes, but also the elders... People look to the elders for guidance and wisdom, right? Just like I, you look to Mr. Flames, I look to Mr. Flames, your father, people in our lives, right? Yeah. That's just the nature of the beast that we are as humans, right? We look to older because it's to see if they've had similar experiences and how they handle it, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't tell us that we have to pay fucking taxes or that we can't go fix our own yeah, roads. We're on the same for taxation as theft. Mm-hmm. It, it's actually necessary to a point, but I do believe that, say— it, Yeah, but— the. I mean, it's to really, get, to it's get the really fucking not. Well, to get the infrustructure you have, you, do you have get a to group of people of together to do the infrastructure. I mean, who's going to do that? Who's all? Let's say, on, on, well, as an example, on roads, everybody uses. You, uh, you know what's crazy? People talk about that, right? Like, what do you? You know, it's a it's a criminal offense to go fix your city streets by yourself. Really? Yep. Vandalism. Even if, say, you're repairing. Yep. Really, that is fascinating. I fixed multiple potholes in front of my house with bags of concrete. Did you get, like... I got hassled by a cop. Really? Mm -hmm. Uh, Are you sure the cop knows the law? Because most of them don't. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, you said it! (laughs) Hey, look, I... Fuck him. I I can be appreciative of people who go in bad situations. But it's vandalism. 
you know, I, I can be appreciative of the cops will go in bad situations oh, first. Fuck off. Understand shut up. That, hey, <laughs> Stop I know the law better than most of them. <laughs> say, say what you, you fucking hate cops, too. Uh, <laughs> and, Robbie, no, I'm just Robbie, kidding. Robbie. Um, but Back to blue. <laughs> the yeah, blue isn't real. No, um, it's a fucking article of clothing. <laughs> uh, black to... Uh, black and white. I'm <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Yellow and red. Back, oh, that's a European. Or, back to Spaniards. Yeah, it's uh, Alcoy, Spain. It's the birthplace of raw rolling paper. It's actually the birthplace of rolling paper. All paper. Fact. All p- paper. Pa- really? Yeah. Didn't know that. I'm pretty sure. I know rolling paper. It's an interesting uh, little story about rolling paper. So yeah, I believe it was in. I forget. It was the Spanish War. It was a war in the 1800s, where they had uh, they stopped the war to trade tobacco and papers. Uh, you know, so smoking can bring people together, even if it causes cancer. Also, I just came up with a cool idea. So, of all the people that have subscribed to this channel for this first episode, um, by the end of this podcast, I'll make a note of it who's subscribed and who hasn't. We're going to do a, a randomization for a free Flames t-shirt. I fuck with it. Just for supporting us and listening to us talk for an hour and 53 minutes. Yeah, we're oh, wow. we're coming in close on the, the notch, but... Um, where was I at? Oh, repairing the street. Okay, yeah. so it's considered vandalism because you're, you're. The, it's not up to code or par or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It's mixing fucking concrete and pouring in a fucking pothole so my car doesn't get destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I don't have to pay more money to fix my car. Yeah, yeah. Cops said you can't do that. I was like, yeah, I can. I'm doing it. I'm physically able. Like I'm fixing my community, unlike you bastards. <laughs> That's what came out of my mouth because I was very angry and very I, hot. I, I and... would be too, man. I would, well, I mean, in that particular instance, too, with that guy. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, let's. He let's... didn't give me a ticket or take me to jail or anything. He just, I was like, you're really going to take me to jail for fixing my community. You're going to write me a ticket. No, I just saved you guys would be thousands of dollars. And there, one guy in some major city, Austin or Minneapolis or something like that. Metropolitan fucking, area. Yeah, just huge, right? Drew dicks uh, around oh, yes. all the pothole <laughs> so that the city would fucking fix them. Like, the, how ob- obtuse do we have to be to think that that's, that that's okay? It's hilarious, though. That the city will just, like, a man literally had to go out and draw dicks on everything. Great on him. Yeah, Love good, that man. Good for that guy. That guy's a fucking <laughs> hero in my book. That man could fucking sleep on my couch any day of the week and fuck my wife. Um, you can draw dicks on myself any day. Yeah, anytime you need, baby. <laughs> uh, but the fact that the city had you had they had to do that in order for their tax dollars to be used for something proper, instead of raising the city the mayor's wages for the That's year. An interesting idea about taxes. Uh, the income tax. It actually started out. I believe it was in it was World War One or World War Two, but it was a half a percent tax on your income to support the war effort. Yep. And I think that kind of. Well, that shows you that uh, when you give government power, they do not give it up. And precedence. When you give them the ability to take, they do not relinquish that ability, which is why we should have uh, limited government and low taxes. So I saw a note on a social media post, right, about our rights. We were – we are – these are human rights. We are born with these rights, right? And the government is slowly selling these back to us. Through taxes. Once we sign up, once we sign up for a social security card, Mm -hmm. we are giving up all our rights, and we are buying them back with taxes. Well, like in in what way are we giving up, say, the right to freedom of speech or the right to freedom of? Because if you're not paying your taxes, you go to jail. 
I mean, I don't know that that necessarily quashes your freedom of speech. But it does. You're sitting in a jail cell. But you're not sitting in a jail cell for, say, you know, what you said. But that taxation, that money you're not paying, is your right to speak. You don't have any rights anymore if you're if you're in jail. That's true enough. Yeah, it's we. I just I, it's a it's a food for thought thing, right? But yeah, it's wild. But yeah, that's that's the things we talk about. These infrastructures, our city roads, right? What's stopping us from getting together with the the local guy who owns a concrete company, right? And I think they would do it considerably better than the government, just to say that. Yeah, out, out the gate. Yeah, but let's like let's say you, me, and the rest of the Flames gang get together. We go to fucking. We're Flames Concrete LLC. You know? We go to Vermilion or Yankton, the concrete people there, right? Mm-hmm. And we're like, hey, let's work a deal out. Barter system. We'll do the labor. You have one guy drive the truck and oversee us, right? Yeah. Why is that not? That's part of infrastructure. That's us. All right, so how do we get somebody to work the the fucking electricity, right? The the power grid. That motherfucker needs to eat, don't he? The farmer denies it. Like, if you don't want to fucking work the power grid... Then you don't get to hear any food from us. Or I, mean, hear any food. I believe it was was it John Smith in uh, John Smith from the original settlements uh, in America that mm. said something like, "If you don't work, you don't eat." Yeah, and I think that makes able-bodied sense. and able-minded people <coughs> need to work. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, uh, if you don't put any effort into society, you should not reap any of society's benefits. Well, so that's why I would say taxes for something like roads make sense. But you w- just get a group of your buddies together, your neighbors, and be like, hey, let's fix this road. Well, and I think that would be more efficient. But as far as everybody using a particular good or service, if everybody collectively uses it, it makes sense to charge everybody for that use. But why are we – but if we don't have – say we didn't have a paper note or a, a credit, of like a social credit like China uses, <laughs> which is insane. Um, yeah, we're rapidly approaching that. Yeah, I know. It's insane. Um, but, like, say w- the road needs fixed, and everybody in the community knows it. They're we're, – why should somebody charge me for that when we're like, you go to your neighbor, Bob. Hey, Bob, road's looking kind of bad. Do you want to meet me tomorrow and we'll fix it? Yeah, dude, I'll do that. Because it's guaranteed that not everyone's going to be neighbor, Bob. Some people are going to say, no, fuck that, but then use the road anyway. No, they won't. They'll just be relinquished from that power. I mean, or how, they won't get their food or they so won't get. How, how do you do that without, say, taking away their car? You tell the person that, the, the, that supplies the food, hey, Bob isn't working on the concrete this week. The like the rations. Why he hasn't he isn't working for the betterment of his community? Why should he benefit from his community then? You just inform them. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I just don't think it's practically applicable. But in a society, in a in a community, that's a selfish person, right? And people have have used that argument against anarchy for a long time. But ultimately. If Bob doesn't want to, con- like, w- then we find something else for him to contribute. We figure out what he wants to do and contribute with. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I, I I feel that, but some people are plain just not going to contribute. Plain just not going to contribute. I, like, I, I think then they aren't in society anymore. Well, I mean, I, I know some people that live in society but are unwilling to contribute to society's betterment. Yeah, right now. Well, but that's kind of my point. I mean, in an anarchist state, they just wouldn't exist in the anarchist state. Anymore. Well, I mean, that would only happen if you eliminated said person, because that person is going to exist in We're not going to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm on to his master plan over here. <sighs> Kyle would be proud. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, we're getting to that point. Uh, we have been at this for two hours. 
Um, this has been kind of a, a little bit all over the place tonight, but it was. A good It'll one. always be that way. I feel like I. F- I feel like we have a jumping off point, a, a base understanding. You know, of, I mean, it's average people having an average conversation. Yeah, and we're just we're, talking and uh, people carrying like to you along for the ride, talk, and, right? I hope uh, that if you're listening to this or, or will be listening to this, I hope this has furthered your thinking and given you some stuff to consider. Uh, that being said, uh, I'm grateful to be here, grateful to have you with me, Rob, and, and grateful to anyone who is listening or will be listening. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and all the platforms. MySpace. MySpace. <laughs> you old fuck. Fuck you. <laughs> Friendster, here we are, my yearbook. Also, please, please, please just hit that subscribe button. Um, It's not going to give us any money, but uh, it will definitely benefit. It'll definitely give me a couple of serotonins. Yeah, uh, you want to you wanna see us happy and smiley and cool at the shop? Fucking, I'll, every time I get a notification that you guys have subscribed, I'm screenshotting and sending it to Donald with a dick pic. Well, exactly right. So. <laughs> like, subscribe, comment. Tell us what you think in the comments. Let yeah. us know your opinions. Yes, love to hear it, like if you wanted, if you want some us to talk about a particular subject, be sure to chime in. Um, we're using our chat as like a live audience. This isn't all about us. This is about you guys and what you guys want to talk about um, and you want to hear about and you want to hear our ideas and our beliefs and shit on. But, uh, we thank you again. Um, like I said earlier, please be safe. Um, and God bless you. Fuck off. <laughs> Hail Satan. <laughs> uh, I'm Don. And I'm Robbie. And this is Top Shelf Sessions. We appreciate you. Much love.